All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and you don't have to look any further than now Colonial Life Arena and soon to be Founders Park. Gamecock Baseball, by the way, not too far away. Of course, Williams Bryce Stadium is pretty decorated itself. That's why they choose Sinorama, the best in the business, Sinorama in West Columbia, served by Chickencock Whiskey, of course. What a great thing to have on your table this time of the year. Chicken Cock can be found in the Chief Sports app, wherever you are. Type in your address, and where it's near you, it will show that. Drive right over, pick it up, enjoy a taste of Chicken Cock. Of course, we're built by the barndominiumco.com. The Bardo Co. is they're called in four states, the Carolinas, in Georgia, and in Tennessee. Phil, JB, soon DC, David Kloniger joining us from the Post and Courier in about 15 minutes on our program. Big one tonight, Gamecocks, Tigers, Upstate. Wow, what is on the line here? This could be a huge, doesn't bury you if you get beat, but a huge opportunity to really begin to build a nice resume when the year turns into 2024 and March isn't too far off into the distance. Plenty on that today. Of course, we have a lot to get to with the transfer portal situation And Gamecock football, they've got a bunch of visitors coming this weekend. Carolina expecting commitments from the transfer portal as well. So we'll get through all of that. Derek Scott is going to join us at 12.05 on his way to the upstate to call the game. Of course, he is the voice of Gamecock basketball. And then we'll be joined by uh, Matt Anderson today at 12.30. And he's going to actually ride out the rest of the program with us. So we're looking forward to having him around uh, to uh, fuss and discuss with Phil and myself as well. Uh, we'll get to more on it in just a little bit. Certainly a somber morning uh, for Gamecock basketball, Gamecock athletics as uh, Carlton Thompson passes away. We all know him as Gamecock Jesus. Uh, even if you didn't know his name, you knew who he was. Uh, he's been everywhere with the basketball programs at the University of South Carolina, the men's and women's programs. Uh, Don Staley this morning uh, put out a nice message, quote, 
uh, <laughs> I can't even. What an angel will be on today. His life was called to serve, and he did it without complaint and full of joy. Gamecock Jesus, you know all of us at Gamecock Women's Basketball genuinely love you. Heaven open its door and welcome you. That is from uh, Don Staley, Phil. So certainly I uh, want to make sure that we tip our cap to Carlton Thompson today here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, you know, you hate losing recognizable, dedicated Gamecock fans like that. And, and you know, it's like it, uh, his energy and, and, and you know, others like him are, are felt immensely whenever you're in venues and things like that. You see him on the television, you know, but uh, yeah, just a just terrible loss for Gamecock Nation today. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, so uh, we uh, thoughts and prayers will continue to be with his family. Uh, of course, a tough day to lose him as uh, Carolina and Clemson will play tonight. And it is a big one because the both of these programs are undefeated, as we all well know. They are 7-0. and uh, The Tigers come in in the newest or latest net rankings. They've slipped a little bit to 20. These are always going to fluctuate not just based on when you play, but based on when others play and how those other teams play. Uh, the Gamecocks are in there at 29. Ken Palm has uh, the Tigers up at uh, 26, and South Carolina has moved up to 51 from where they were yesterday. And you might be wondering, well, how did that happen? Well, here's how that happened. Late last night, we mentioned this game yesterday, that it could have a positive impact if it went the way of one particular program. And it did. Grand Canyon pulled an upset of 25th-ranked San Diego State. Grand Canyon is 7-1, and one, and that lone loss is to the Gamecocks earlier in the season on their home floor out there in Phoenix. So Grand Canyon is off to a nice start. Carolina certainly hopes that they'll keep winning, uh, Phil, but that one last night uh, gave them their first – now, because of where it moved Grand Canyon to – in the net rankings, which we're all beginning to pay a little bit more attention to when you got a when you got a good basketball team, it matters now. <laughs> South Carolina now has a quad one win because they're inside the top fifty. Yeah, well, you got to love it. I mean, it's you know, basketball makes for strange bedfellows. You know, every every team you play, you want them to do well, win or lose. It was like after you played them, if you don't have to play them again, you want them to win all their games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's yeah. the, the net ranking and and all those quads mean something, you know, at the end of uh, at the end of the season when you're when you're getting you know bubble consideration, if you will. Yeah, there's Hopefully no you play your way into you know br- bursting the bubble and just being a uh, you know a, even just a middle seed. It doesn't. I mean, nobody's asking for a number one or number two around here. We just want to make the tournament. Would be freaking awesome. Just like to see you get back in there. Yep. Uh, like a lot of folks thought that they probably would after they made the run to the uh, to the Final Four. But that one last night's a big one. Uh, Carolina, of course, can get their second quad one win if they can get it done today. Other scores last night of interest. Uh, Michigan State is off to a rough start once again under Tom Izzo. But that seems to always eventually fade away. They, they start to figure it out. But Wisconsin uh, clipped them last night. Uh, Tennessee is back on track with a win. And elsewhere in the top 25, uh, you've got Oklahoma over Providence, BYU over Evansville. Illinois did technically upset Florida Atlantic, a high-scoring game, 98-89. to 89. Illinois 28th in the country coming into the game, and the Owls 
were 11th. Gonzaga with 111 points on the board. Goodness, against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, Baylor beat Satan, Seton Hall and uh, Kansas over Kansas City. And then the big one last night in Jimmy V Classic, fifth-ranked UConn tops ninth-ranked North Carolina, 87 to 76. So that is what happened around the country last night in uh, college basketball. Um, of course, the transfer portal, Phil, never seems to or is just cranking up, I should say. We, we're not getting – we're getting less sleep, let's put it that way, uh, and trying to figure out what's going to be happening with the Gamecocks and elsewhere around the country. Some news breaking this morning from – well, who's it breaking from, Georgia or Kentucky? I guess both. Brock Vandegrift has uh, chosen the Wildcats as his next destination. Kind of figured that would be the case. So Kentucky's going to trot in their third straight transfer quarterback. Uh, and basically just plug and play into the starting lineup. Didn't really work out that well for Will Levis the last go-around. It didn't work out for Devin Leary this year, although Kentucky you know, did rebound to beat Louisville at the end of the season. But neither one of them, they've come in with a bunch of hype. Neither one of them was able to really kind of capture all of that when they got there. We'll see if Vandegrift uh, is able to do something maybe a little bit differently here. But that's a quarterback off the board for anybody that thought – the Gamecocks might either have some interest or might have a chance to pull him over from the dogs. Uh, that's not going to happen. No, I, you know, I just, I mean, he's an awesome talent and prospect. Uh, tired of sitting, obviously, but behind Mr. Beck uh, down there at Georgia. And, you know, wishing the best at Kentucky until uh, they play Carolina. And then we hope he looks like a, a high school freshman. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's <laughs> <laughs> Good luck guy. to you, Brock. Uh, yeah. Until we play next year. <laughs> until we see you next year. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. Well, next year that game is going to be uh, in Lexington. We are um, we're one week away. A week from today, we're expected to get the 2024 schedule for Gamecock football and the rest of the SEC. Uh, I'm not sure if that has been. Uh, made public yet or not, but um, next Wednesday night is when the SEC Network is planning to have its 7 p.m. schedule reveal for the 2024 football season. We already know a couple of the non-conference dates. I know some people have taken their best guesses at when other games would or would not fall, Uh, but uh, we're one week away from you being able to go ahead and decide whether you want to, you know, propose, uh, you know, anybody that needs to pass away, you know, all those type things that you try to plan around football season. Uh, you got one more week, and then after that, you can start to make wedding plans and all those type things. So uh, just keep that in mind. We'll certainly uh, we'll certainly be on top of that when it gets to it next week. Tyler's in, missing the snow in Maggie. I heard there was snow up there, Tyler. Uh, my cousins were just up there last weekend, as a matter of fact, so would love to get back up there at some point in time here soon. Probably will be after the new year, though, so enjoy it for all the rest of us as it's uh, supposed to be like 70 degrees here coming up on Saturday, probably the last real heat wave of the season. All right, it's 11-14. We're going to uh, click or hit a quick break. David Kloniger is coming up here in just a little bit. want to make sure we're on time with him uh, so we can extend his time as much as possible. Derek Scott, Matt Anderson will follow. A reminder, with the holiday season, This 
is what you want to do for the man or woman or whomever it may be in your life that likes to use that smoker, likes to cook, you want to go to CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com and order the Hall of Fame pack. All right? Starting today, it might not be totally active just yet, but starting today, you can use code ITG23 at CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com and get 10% off. You'll get both sauces. You'll get the sweet heat and you'll get the original, you know, mustard-based Carolina Gold uh, barbecue sauce. And then you'll also get the rub. Now, I put the rub on everything. We put it on green beans. We put it on broccoli. We put it on baked potatoes. We put it on everything. You can literally use it for everything. Uh, but uh, it is a great gift to slip into the stocking this time of the year. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com, the excellent products of our friends at Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com. Order that Hall of Fame pack today. I promise you, what a what a great gift for the holidays. As we step aside, we remember our friend, everybody's friend, the friend of the Gamecock community, Carlton Thompson. He passed away. Judy Gatston first reported it this morning from WIS-TV in Columbia. He has long been known as Gamecock Jesus. Sure are going to miss him. Gamecocks will play in his honor tonight. He was 69 years old. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game.
Hey, Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number, 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online, or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, elliptigos, and more. Proud partners of Carolina Rise inside the Gamecocks and the Chief Sports Network. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. It's 11:20. Welcome back. Wednesday, December the 6th. Inside the Gamecocks, this show presented in part today by our friends at Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com this holiday season. David Cloninger, the wonderful David Cloninger, I should actually say. He is one of the best in the business with the Post and Courier, and we're glad to have him as tonight is a big night, D.C., for uh, Gamecock hoops, but they'll be doing it in honor of maybe the greatest Gamecock basketball fan of all time, promptly known as Gamecock Jesus. Yeah, it's been a rough morning uh, here in Columbia, and I know for all of Gamecock Nation, uh, you know, Carlton's a great guy, as genuine as it gets, um, you know, the best kind of fan, you know, guy who just showed up and cheered and loved the team, you know, loved being around USC and did so much for the community as well. I still remember that he would bring – there were a few uh, times over the years he'd bring in four or five special needs folks with him to the game and look after them and make sure they were having a good time. So just an absolute fantastic human being. And, you know, it's, it's it was rough to hear it this morning. It's still rough to talk about it, but um, hopefully they come up with a good uh, tribute for him uh, tonight or, or maybe the next home game. I'd personally like to see that flag that he was always waving around, maybe be brought in and, and draped over a seat or something like that. But of course, I don't want to look at that flag just being idle. I want to see it being waved around uh, over on the baseline. So, uh, farewell, you know, Gamecock Jesus. You are definitely going to be missed. I, I think the uh, I think he would settle for a win over that team <laughs> in the Upstate. Uh, that was one of the neat things about him. You know, very similar to Mr. Bill when when Mr. Bill passed. Most people knew him as Oot Oot. Um, they never, you know, they they just. I don't think they realized how much attention 
they brought to themselves, but humbly brought to themselves. People were always looking to kind of follow their lead. And, uh, you know, they never really looked at it that way. They just looked at it as just cheering on the Gamecocks, like you just said a minute ago. Oh, yeah. And that's the best thing. You know, that, that, that's what makes sports sports. You know, you've got your diehard fans and every school has fans and every school has, you know, that, that certain number of fans who are just kind of known for whatever reason. But it's always good when you see a little bit beyond the fan. And, you know, for Mr. Golding, uh, the, the batting helmet covered with the stickers and for Gamecock Jesus with the hair and the beard and everything and just get to know their stories. I mean, I was floored the first time I talked to him. I'm like, so what you do for a living? He says, I'm a nurse. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, I help out over at the VA. And he'd been working there 30 years at that point. So, uh, you know, just a fantastic guy. Both of them were. And, uh, you know, we're we're kind of losing those, those, those kinds of guys these days. And it's uh, not a great thing to see. But hopefully, uh, you know, his, his memory will live on. And, and just reading from social media today, I think that everybody that ever cheered for the Gamecocks knew who he was and really appreciated Absolutely. him. And so, yeah, there's no doubt. So did the staff and the University of South Carolina. Tonight, the Gamecocks will try to get a win in his honor. They are undefeated. So are the Tigers. Outside of a top-12 matchup, Texas and Marquette in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is interesting considering Shaka Smart is the coach at Marquette, uh, this is the biggest game in college basketball tonight, David. Uh, This is kind of wild to see the Gamecocks and the Tigers on December the 6th both in the top 30 in net ranking right now. One's playing to stay undefeated, but most importantly, to build that resume for later on down the road. It's not going to crush you if you lose it, but boy, it'll be a big feather in the cap if you can get it. Oh, absolutely. And obviously, South Carolina's coming off a win. I think that the George Washington game, that's probably the best team that they've played uh, this year. Myself, I think you should always get a lot of points for beating a Virginia Tech team because it's coached by Mike Young. And as we all know, Mike Young teams are tough. They're hard-nosed. They play you tough. And South Carolina won that game on a neutral court. I don't know if VTech will have the kind of year that they're used to having this season, but to me it's still impressive. George Washington will be a factor in their league, and that was a really good, gritty team that South Carolina beat. And, of course, you hit 18 three-pointers, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. So South Carolina is hoping to get just a bit of that tonight going up to Little John Coliseum to where every gym, you know, the, the, the dimensions are the same. But especially if you're a long-range shooting team, you got to get there and start working out on it. Make sure you can line up your shot against the background. And that's tough to do at Little John because it's got all the purple and the kids are kind of right there ringing the court and all that. So hopefully they got up there uh, last night and got in plenty of practice time for the game tonight. But, you know, big-time matchup. Uh, this is going to be a resume builder if they get it. As, as you said, it's not going to be a killer if they lose. But I think a lot of people, including myself, who have been not necessarily – you know, downplaying it, but maybe pumping the brakes a little on like, well, well, we'll see how good they really are. This will be the one tonight to where it'd be like, okay, all right. You know, they're going to be a really good team or maybe they'll just kind of get up there toward a, you know, a little over 500 record, but we'll know a lot more after tonight about this uh, the set of Gamecocks because as great as last year's win was, you know, Chico right there, you know, near the buzzer and hitting that two-pointer, it's still like, that's great for this team, but we all knew it's like, this might be the highlight of the season. And outside of that Kentucky win, it pretty much was. This team's still got a long way to go, but they're playing well. They're playing confident. They can just go up there and try to make it two straight. 
Yeah. Okay. So you said the George Washington win. Let's back back up here a little bit because you said something that I found interesting, um, and that you think that that's their best win of the season. I don't. I don't disagree with that. Actually, I think you're right. But I also think that we're we're, we're probably going to look back on this non-conference schedule a little bit later on down the year. More than likely, the slate that they've gone through. I, I, I'm not so sure about what's still left in in December and probably give it a little bit more credit than we were giving it prior to the start of the year. I mean, Grand Canyon with an upset last night over San Diego right. State. They're 7-1 and one D.C. Um, Virginia Tech is now 1-0 and in the ACC after defeating Louisville. I don't know what Louisville is going to look like this year. Notre Dame, we don't necessarily know what they're going to end up being, but you still have two ACC victories. You do have three uh, neutral site victories. Two of those are the Grand Canyon and Virginia Tech game. And then, gosh, if you know, if you get this one now, all of a sudden you've got two quad one wins in your first eight games. I mean, that's I think that'd be the best in the country if if I'm not mistaken. So, I think we might look back and and, and realize that this was maybe a, a sneakier schedule than we thought, and they they kind of got through it. Oh, sure. I mean, you looked at it, and my thought was this is a schedule set up for this team. You don't want to kill them early with a lot of big games that, you know, might have a great opponent, which is good for your net, but it would also likely result in a loss. You don't want to go out there and just go crazy saying, let's build up this net ranking. Let's go play at Duke and let's get Arizona to come in here and let's go play Kansas. Like, that's cool. You're going to get a lot of credit for that, but you're still probably not going to win the game. So they set up a schedule with a couple of names on it, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. And, of course, you knew you were going to play Clemson. So that is going to help this uh, – is it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday they'll go to East Carolina, which, okay, ECU, maybe not the, the biggest name out there, but you're playing at their place. You'll get points for that. So this schedule was put together to say we're going to get these guys some confidence. We're going to get some hay in the barn, so to speak, before they start conference play because, as you guys always know, it's always a battle in the SEC. This year might be the best the SEC's ever been. And you look at those first seven, eight games at conference, and you go, ooh, boy, that, uh, <laughs> that that could be problematic if you have a non-confident team going into that. So this this is built for this team. They've, they've handled every test so far. Uh, they've surprised me because with me, it wasn't so much about opponent or about history, even though I'm a big student of history. It was about Lamont Paris saying to me in preseason, well, we're going to be a team that, that shoots the three a lot in the hunt. Oh, because that can go one of two ways, you know. You live by it or you die by it. And when you say that that's going to be your thing, you're like, hmm. And, of course, the other stuff I was getting like, well, they can't really bang around in the paint for a sustained period of time. They're not tremendously athletic. Their defense is a work in progress. You said, but they can shoot three. I thought, hmm, well, we'll see how that goes. Well, so far it's done really well. I think they're averaging 12 makes. Averaging about 26, 27 attempts. So that can come and go. You just kind of hope that if they hit 18 last game, they don't go up to Little John tonight and turn in like a two for 30 performance from beyond the arc. (laughs) As we've seen it so far, it's been going their way and it really helps open up the rest of the offense. Obviously, Michi Johnson's been playing terrific. The three pointer is part of his game, but he can also get inside and finish. And when you have a rebounder like BJ Mack there to kind of clean you up, you're going to look pretty good. Michi's got 53 points in his last two games, so you have to hope his hot streak continues tonight. Yeah, the, the Tigers shoot the three well, too. Uh, they're yeah. they're over 40%. You know, guys like, 
Joe, yeah, they are. This is this might be his best team, Brad uh, Brownell, Joe Girard, Chase Hunter. Those guys, they can they can play, but we all know who this thing goes through. It's PJ Hall, and he 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 can beat you inside. He can beat you outside. He rebounds well. He's got fourteen blocks in seven games this year. I mean, he has literally done everything. Kid's gonna go play in the NBA. Um, he's a big six ten kid as well. Who guards him? <laughs> Well, that's a good question because I don't think you want to match B.J. Mack up on him, uh, you know, and at least not right away. You don't want to get in foul trouble. And the fact is, is that P.J. Hall, while he might not be on many All-American lists now, he could he be, be. And he, he would still be a recipient of what we call All-American calls, you know, like, OK, well, the other guy guarding and that had to be his fault. Right. So the South Carolina has been getting by really without starting a true center. Uh, Josh Gray and Benjamin Bossman's for Donk have both been coming off the bench. Gray's minutes have kind of dwindled a little, which is very appropriate considering his career here. And BBV has actually played surprisingly well. He's he's done well when he's gotten in there, but I don't know if they can get a true man-to-man guard on Hall. You're just not going to shut him down like that. They're going to have to show a lot of looks, switch him in and out. I think a key to this game will be Stephen Clark. He's been a guy that's come in and just – He's not gotten, uh, you know, into a rhythm the past two games or he's gotten in foul trouble and he's had to sit. He can be a guy that can at least show Hall a bit of a matchup. You switch him in and out with Mac, with Studi, with Clark, maybe you can try to disrupt him and get somebody off of him. Because with Gerard on the outside, you at least know we can handle that guy with Cooper and or Johnson. You can at least put somebody on him, but you're going to have to have somebody to handle Hall because you let that guy go wild in the paint, you're, you're going to be out of it before it starts. So we'll see how it goes. I think that Clark can be that guy to at least just get in front of him, put his arms up, and make his looks a lot different. But, of course, Clark's got to stay in the game to do that. And uh, it's like somebody leaned over to me after his last game where he didn't play very well and said, you know, getting the Citadel's best player was always going to have a shelf life. <laughs> they, they got real good with Hayden Brown last year, and Stevens had some games, but last two haven't been his best. So it's no. like, kid, you're a good player, and that's why you start, but you got to stay on the floor. You got to stay out there. So let's, let's try to be a little more, uh, I guess, on point as the game starts. What about Colin Murray Boyles now? Because he got four minutes last game. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be a 30 minute guy tonight, but how much time do you think you'll see? It depends on how the game's going, uh, Jamie. You know, he's not a guy that you're going to necessarily plug in to stop an opponent run. He's not going to be a guy that you say, okay, here's your regular turn in the rotation. He's coming off an illness. He's still getting his strength back, although he's pretty much gained all the weight he lost back. He, He looks great in that regard. So he'll play, I think, tonight. But last last week, I think it was a case of he's dressed and he's going to play if at all possible. The game got to be a runaway late, so they put him in there on the, the, the last media timeout. Here, I think they want to start working him in, but it's just going to depend on how the game's going. You don't want to throw too much at him too quick, but he's obviously tremendously athletic, but he just hasn't played a lot of in-game. He's got four minutes all year. So we'll see how it goes. I know he wants to play. There's no doubt about that, but – It'll depend on a lot of things, foul trouble, how the game's going, if they're able to. It might be a case of like, hey, they're down a little bit or the game's tied or or even if they're ahead and playing well, hey, Michi needs a blow. Let's go big for this scenario and let's put uh, uh, Colin in there and just see if he can just kind of last this whole media timeout. There are a whole lot of factors that can determine that. 
health wise, is it just a conditioning thing at this point, David, oh, just to get him up to game speed and, and minutes? Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah, healthy. Absolutely. I mean, outside he's, of that. Yeah. he actually went on the Phoenix trip with them to go play out in that tournament in Phoenix. He didn't play, obviously, but he was out there practicing. So that was helping him get his weight back, get his conditioning. But as you guys know, there's practice and there's play. So you you yeah. you know what your scout team or what your your teammates' defense is going to do for you when you're practicing against them. You just got to go out and play against them. Now, is Clemson like a, a running gun style? No, I mean they can get up and down the floor, but they don't just go breakneck down the down the pace. And that's what George Washington kind of likes to do. So I was really right. stunned when uh, you know I saw him dress. I thought, well, he ain't gonna play tonight. They don't want to wear him out. Game got out of hand, so they were able to. So. I think he could definitely match up in there if they chose to go that route, but it's a case of you look at him for one four-minute stretch, one four-minute stretch uh, between media timeouts and say, can you handle that, and then we'll start building it up. Because, honestly, fellas, you played seven games mostly without him, and you won them all. So whatever you got going right now, don't mess with it too much because you're 7-0 and with it. David Cloninger posting Courier, 11.35 here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show, it is Wednesday, December the 6th. Um, uh, D.C., 42% of made buckets this year by this team have been assisted, which is really phenomenal. And the leader of that pack is a guy named Talon Cooper, who in 224 minutes has six turnovers. How valuable has he been to this 7-0 start? Terrific. And guys, I'm I'm not going to cast any shade on what happened last year because it was a, a roster cobbled together. You had to get somebody to just get out there, but they didn't have a true point guard. They just didn't. And that's what Talon gives them. He's a guy that sees the floor. He sees the plays that are going to happen before they do. And he says, I'm going to get the ball to you. Don't worry about it. He's already mastered the gift of, you know, different players got to catch the ball different ways. It's not just the same as when you throw it in there. So he's already mastered that with his teammates, and he's a guy that takes care of the ball. He can be flashy. He can drive the rim. He can pop the three. But the main thing is that he's directing the offense. So that's invaluable to have. I think I referred to him today as a godsend at point guard, and he has been because he's a pure point guard who can score. Last year, they just had to take what they could get between Chico Carter, between Jacoby Wright, between Michi. And not that those guys didn't do a, a good job. They did the best that they could, but there was so much they were being relied on to do elsewhere. And Talon also plays pretty good defense. So as uh, you guys know, I mean, you're not going to be much in basketball without a guy to direct the show. And that's what they wanted in Cooper. That's what they got in Cooper. So you just got to go out there tonight and say, hey, just go do what you do. It's it's a guy that, of course, you're going to still coach him, but you're not going to say too much. You say, you've been here, you've played in the NCAA tournament, you've done well, just keep doing it. Just put them in, in a position to succeed. And even if you get down early, don't worry about it. Just right. keep doing what you do. If the Gamecocks can get the win tonight, they'll hit the road for Greenville North Carolina on Saturday to take that's, on the That's a long Carolina. trip too. <laughs> it's a long boring trip, David is what mm. it is. It's a long boring freaking trip is what it is. You clear the triangle and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm almost there." No, you're not. <laughs> you're not even close. Yeah, you uh it's it sucks. It's a, it's a crappy drive. Let's just all be honest about it. No offense ECU, but they are 6 and 3 on the season. Uh, but uh, Carolina going to look to try to get that done. Phil, quick pick on tonight's game. I'm going to take South Carolina 158 to three. 
Um, you know, that, yeah, might be a little aggressive. I was thinking 120 to 6. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> keep in mind, they are playing just the mini Gamecocks, not the real Gamecocks team. Okay. All oh, the Gamecocks yeah. are only three inches tall. So, in that vein, I'm going to say, all right, Gamecocks 85 to 21. It'll be a close trick. 85 to 21. We'll see how it goes. I mean, Clemson's a very good basketball I, team. And I think it's going to be an home. excellent game. Yeah. I and so. I mean, Clemson was an NCAA tournament team last year. They right. were, but that Louisville loss just that killed them. That that that's if they were there was a selection committee member watching that game. That's where he took the sharp. He went gone. You ain't coming back from that. So they know that they know how that they should have been in, and obviously they look back last year and say that South Carolina loss didn't help either. You lose to an eleven twenty one team, but that could have been overcome because they didn't they finish still top four in the league in ACC. Um, were they four or five? They were four they or were... five, yeah, because it, it didn't help that the ACC was extraordinarily weak last year. But this is a really good Clemson team, but you know, South Carolina's been playing well, so we'll see what happens. And uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna offer any picks or predictions, but nah, uh, I, I, I just do hope to see a good game. And for those of you who are coming to the women's game tonight in Columbia, they play Morgan State at seven, the men's game tips at eight. They are going to let you stick around after the women's game and watch the second half of the men's game on the scoreboard at oh, great. CLA. So oh, if, nice. if you're coming to the women's game, you can stay and watch the second half of the Clemson game on the, the scoreboard there. Well, I, I was joking about those scores, but th- one of those could actually be the score tonight in the women's game. No disrespect intended at all to it's Morgan gonna, it's State. Gonna be ugly. Yeah, you know those, I mean, are, those are those are called buy games for the yeah. for the guy that can't wait to get on Twitter and yell at Don Staley for beating teams by eighty two points. There's nothing they can do about it. They chose to take the check and come play the game. Yeah, and honestly, this is kind of that run for Morgan State. After this, they go back home and they play uh, UMBC, you know, their Baltimore schools together. But then they take a four-game road trip at UCF, at Stetson, at Oregon State, (laughs) at uh, at Stanford. Yeah. So they're getting all their guarantee games out of the way before they start conference play. It's the same thing that happened with uh, Mississippi Valley State. They've got like seven contests against the SEC this year. Like you got to take your checks, and and I know I I got a lot of grief. Like, aren't you asking Dawn why she even scheduled this game? Like, because I know why she scheduled it. Yeah. They they took a six day trip to Paris to where they could only play one game, and you weren't going to turn down that trip. So it it messed up the rest of the schedule where you couldn't play another one right after it. They had to make it up somewhere. Right. Yeah. Who cares? They ch- she didn't force them to play it. She didn't put them on the bus and drive them here. They signed the contract. They took the money. They got the rear ends kicked. They knew what was coming, period, the end. It was um, brutal. <laughs> DC, we're speaking of brutal portal seasons. I mean, if you ask Shane privately, what do you think about all this? That'd probably be one of the words he uses. Uh, it's But it's like this all across the country. Um, DC, so, you know, we've been getting, you know, information over the last couple of days about, which is strange. I, you probably never dreamed ever 20 something years ago when you started covering athletics that you'd have to wait on announcements in college athletics of the players who are on the team returning. Uh, but they are, and they're doing that. Um, what type of announcements are we waiting on with the staff? I, it, it certainly seems like things are going to change somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, but I just don't know in which the timeline is. And uh, and certainly nobody's prepared to release names and things like that, even if they may have heard something. It's nothing concrete. But 
what what does that at least look like right now with the, the signing day coming up and the portal just opening? I wouldn't expect anything to change staff wise if it does change until after signing day. And uh, if you ask, you know, like, hey, has he already told these guys that they're out? I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, they're all out there recruiting. And if somebody told me that I didn't have a job, but to just hold on for a few weeks, I'd be like, uh-uh, buddy. No way. I'm not doing that. You pay me my money, I'm going to go look for another job. So Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if changes did happen. Um, But it won't be till after signing day. Um, and you could say, well, what's it, it may be seem kind of shady to wait until after those commitments are on paper, but that's just how business is done these days. And plus, there is also the case, and I think I've discussed it on the show before, when it, if you fire somebody, you got to hire somebody. Well, that sounds easy. Yeah, sure. You can hire anybody, but you got to hire the right guy, somebody who can not only coach his position but can recruit. And, again, I feel the need to stress this. No matter who your pie-in-the-sky candidate is – they got to want to come here. Right. Okay. So if you're just saying like, well, yeah, man, I mean, why not just go throw money at Alabama's defensive coordinator? I don't think he's going to leave. Not for <laughs> here. That's just a snap judgment. So. Well, that's not, Kevin Steele. Right. Yeah. That's if, not I mean, happening. Hey, West Virginia just scored again. If you got 35 stars on the defense, you're good with Kevin Steele. If you yeah. don't, Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything until after signing day if it happens at all. But obviously, there are some concerns that I'm sure Shane Beamer has thought about and addressed and, and said, like, well, here's what we really need to look at. So, you do look at that and you, you kind of weigh the pros and cons of each. And I think the biggest con against any potential hiring change would be who are you going to get to replace him? And is he a definite upgrade than who you have now? So we'll see who's out there. I mean, I know a lot of folks are always throwing at me. Man, they ought to go hire DJ Swearinger's defensive coordinator. I love All DJ right. to death. He's one of my top five all-time favorite Gamecocks across any sport because that guy loved being here. And as good as he was as a player, being a Gamecock meant so much to him. I'm like, you, you, no, you don't need to do that because he doesn't <laughs> have experience. And as it goes, when you hire anybody, you're going to have to fire that guy someday, most likely. How's it going to feel if you have to do that to a legend? So they'll, they'll weigh it out. They'll see who's out there because, as we all know, the portal, not only a portal, the co- coaching carousel is always spinning. You never know when the next domino is going to drop. I guess it was two weeks ago or really during the season, uh, you know, I had to ask Dowell Loggins, like, look, man, it's silly season, and I know, but Arkansas needs an offensive coordinator. You're an Arkansas guy. Have you had any? And he's like, yeah, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I am and all this. Never said no, but never said yes. Well, that problem's been solved. Arkansas's already filled out their OC. You know, they, boy, did they fill out their OC spot. <laughs> so, uh, hey, you know, they, they hitched their, their wagon to a Harley. <laughs> to them. The whole point is like that, that that's gone. You know, Dow Loggins is good. He's going to be here, but you never know when that next domino is going to fall. So we'll see what happens. If there's a definite slam dunk candidate out there, it would be a case of like, all right, we need to go get this guy. And honestly, the way that Clemson has done it the past two years with their coaching hires, that's the way USC needs to do it. No leaking of the names. No, this could happen. This guy's interested. It should be. Can, they call up a candidate. Are you interested? Are you good? Yes. All right. Then they tell the other guy, hey, I'm sorry. It's just not going to work out here. Then prepare the press release that the new guy's hired. 
I loved how they handled the Garrett Riley thing last year. Garrett, you want it? Yeah, sure. Cool. Brandon, you're out. Yeah. Issue the press release. Right. Uh, it, well, and I agree with that. See, w- when you get all these leaks, you know this. When you get all these leaks, uh, it's not it's not about the leak. It's what follows the leak. Because nobody ever get every, it's a headline world. Nobody ever gets the full. I mean, I've got guys texting me right now things that I've known about for 72 hours, if not longer than that. Oh, did you see this? But they I'm like, we'll read it. And, and then and then I bet the next text you send will be a little bit different from the one you sent me. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you get these leaks, you get these expectations, you get the hearsay, you get all this stuff. And then what it looks like is, well, Shane Beamer was was he was going to hire Bill Belichick, but Belichick must have turned him down because, you know, his his name was rumored. But, you know, all these guys just tur- it's never that it's, you know, you kick tires. There's conversations that are had. Sometimes you call guys to talk to other guys or talk about other guys. And um, I agree with you. I, I I think that is one of the things around here that has been a really miserable failure for a long time. There are too many mouths moving. They need to shut up and and make the hires and move on. Yeah, it's 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 bad here. Is it? well, Texas A and M will always be about the worst when it comes to people talking. I mean, those guys <laughs> love to talk out there. And but here, I mean, just a year ago, guys. I get it, you know, Shane's like I've got in touch with with big names up for the OC opening, and when Dowell Loggins' name got linked, what happened? Everybody freaked out, and then it was like, okay, well maybe that's kind of cooled, but then he did get hired, and of course, myself included, I, I understand Shane had to you know defend his hire, but he picked on Gene, which was unfair because Gene, myself, and everybody else on the beat wrote it like. I'm not doubting the, the guy can do it, but he's never done it in college. And yet you said you had all these names. Well, that'll turn out to be pretty good, didn't he? I realized things could have been better, but for the hand he got dealt, I thought he did a fantastic job this year. I did too. So I was like, hey, Dow, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I screwed up. You know, I wrote that that was like, I don't know about this as a question of wire. Okay, well, I was wrong. It was a great hire. And Shane was right. Well, fine. Cool. Now you got to go do it again if you have to. So – yeah. There, there are definitely certain positions out there where I would look at it and say, might need an upgrade there, but I'm not the head coach. And again, you got to have a great candidate in mind, ready to go. And of course, with everything going on with the portal, with coaching hirings, with bowl games, you might have to wait and say, all right, well, we'll, we'll deal with this once the game's over. You know, I think that's the blind spot yeah. with the fan base too, is that, you know, these guys are just like, well, he's got to go. And it was like, well, I mean, He's not got to. I mean, maybe he does got to go, but you got to replace him with somebody better. You have to upgrade because if you don't, then you're going to be doubly mad next year, <laughs> you know, and then you're going to be calling for Shane's head. <laughs> I mean, there was one player who I heard's like, hey, keep an eye on this guy. He might enter the portal. He's not. He's going to be back next year. But it's like, well, why does he want that? He said, well, he's not really a huge fan of his current position, coach. He doesn't like being coached hard. Well, that ought to serve him well if he leaves and goes to a new place and then wants to go to the NFL. Yeah. Because that's what they say. Hey, if you want to not be coached hard, come on, play for me. Absolutely. So that all ended up working out. So we'll we'll see what happens. Whoa. I mean, of course, it's it's portal season, so it's a good case of of like recruiting. Believe everything and believe nothing. <laughs> all but at once. <laughs> I was on the road to Chapel Hill last Thursday for the women's game. And of course, as soon I left right as the Juice Wells news broke, 
So three and a half hours, I was on the phone the whole time. I counted up 33 players and or coaches I texted or talked to that day, that drive. The last one is I was pulling into the parking lot, to which at that point I'd had so much of it and was just so full of having to try to finesse my way around these questions. I just called him up and said, hey, man, I'm sorry to be a jerk about this. Are you transferring? <laughs> no, man, where'd you hear that? I'm like, no, no, I heard it nowhere. Don't worry about it. Look right. forward to seeing you in spring. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gig, man. It's the gig because yeah. you guys know. I mean, I knew a couple of guys. It's like they're leaving. I'm like, all right, well. And a few of them are like, not going to play. I mean, I get it. No problem. But some of the names getting thrown out. I basically called up a copy of the depth chart and just started going down name by name and saying, all right, what's going on here? Yeah. Well, but that's where we are. I mean, that's where we are. It, it is what it is. And your job now sucks having to check up on all that stuff. I, I Speaking of the portal, I, or, well, actually, let me get some news in real quick. I want to squeeze this in. Former uh, football coach at South Carolina, who I can't even remember exactly what the role was, Coleman Hutzler. Uh, is being hired as the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State hmm. for Jeff Levy, which is interesting. That's um, very interesting. Because he's been in Alabama as their outside linebackers coach. I'll also add this, in case anybody didn't pay attention or forgot about it, eight, eight former South Carolina coaches coached against each other in the SEC championship game on Saturday. Eight of them. Eight of them. Well, I mean, let that sink, including the head coach. I mean, like, I couldn't believe it. Um, that just goes to show you, you know, some guys, sometimes things just don't work out for one way, reason or another, but there was a now, lot does, of good coaches. Does that count Kirby? Does a, does a verbal agreement count as being a South Carolina? That would be, that'd be nine. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, um, that would be nine. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I, I thank goodness that I never printed it, but I had that. And it was ready to go. And it's like, hey, you got to get this doubly sourced. I'm like, yeah, no problem. But nobody could double source it. I had one, but it's like nobody. It's like, all right, spike it. I mean, it was it was in code in the in the system and everything. It was great. But it was like, well, all right. Yeah. And then of course, like the last one is like, look, man, I like you. And if I hadn't called you, you'd have known. But you don't need to print that. If you do, you're gonna regret it. I'm like, okay. Called in the office, spike it, something went wrong. And, of course, I find out later, yeah, well, he did say yes, but verbal agreement. Yeah, verbal, <laughs> verbal agreement. I'll work the paper it's not written on. Until Georgia <laughs> fires their head coach to, to hire you. On the, um, on, the, on the transfer front, uh, though, real quick here, uh, D.C., and then we'll let you run. Not a ton of news right now because we've got a lot of visits coming up this weekend for South Carolina Everybody's asking about Rocket Sanders. Uh, there are some connections, clearly, to Columbia. Uh, he's a name that is on the running back board, I can tell you that. But uh, as far as Dow Loggins goes, you brought him up. Right now, the perceived starter next year at quarterback is Lenore Sellers, and understandably so. He's got a little bit of a different skill set from Spencer Rattler, in my opinion. He's the greatest quarterback to ever put that uniform on, and I wish he had more help to do it with. But um, they have to find a quarterback in yes. the portal. They don't have anybody behind Spencer Rattler, and that's no disrespect to Luke or Dante Reno coming in. Somebody on that roster has got to have some sort of collegiate experience to be able to compete and win anything next year. Um, so I'll be really anxious to see 
where they go in the portal and what type of quarterback they bring in because that'll tell me what type of offense Dowell Loggins is really trying to institute here. He was going to do what last year, whatever it took to yeah. fit Spencer Rattler the best. Now he's got an opportunity to make this his offense. Oh, absolutely, Jamie. And, uh, you know, I know that they say you got to sign a quarterback every cycle, and that's fine. That's what they're doing with, with Dante Reno. But, of course, what that does when only one guy plays at a time, you're going to have a lot of guys transfer out. I mean, just think of how many have gone, come in here and, and gone uh, from South Carolina. And just, again, look up at Clemson, all those high-ranking recruits they got at quarterback, well, now they all have to leave because they want to play. So they're in a bit of a spot right now because they've only got those three definite QBs. They're just going to have to go get someone. And, of course, like, oh, a bunch of quarterbacks in the portal. Yeah, there's a bunch of starters in the portal. Right. So I don't, I don't think they want to go get a starter because you do like that. It's like Spencer – you don't bring that guy in and don't play him. So where the KJ Jefferson rumors came in, I don't know how that ever got connected here. I mean, if there was interest, it was KJ being interested in here. It's like, um, that's it. They're, they're kind of good. I want to give Brad Crawford a quick hat tip on that because he clarified that the other day, he's the one that first reported that. And all of the interest was coming from KJ Jefferson yeah. South Carolina had not necessarily reciprocated that when that we we talked about that last week too. Mm-hmm. Probably got a little bit ahead of ourselves there. Uh, the Gamecocks had not reciprocated the interest. Right. So when it comes to the portal, it's one of those where do you go get a guy out there and let him know is there a guy that would be interested in hearing you're going to have to fight for this job. So you know you're not going to go get Dylan Gabriel or a Dante. Uh, what's a kid from UCLA? Dante Moore is that it? Yeah, it's a Dante. Yeah, the the kid from UCLA, you're not going to get him. And you you shouldn't go get him if you're confident in what you have. Because if you bring in a guy like that, that means your backup's now are going to be like, well, I don't need to be here. You know, see ya. So they're confident in who they have now. But you still got to have some depth. You got to have some backup. You don't want to have to go get a Zeb Nolan situation like you did a couple years ago, even though Zeb ended up playing, you know, decently well. So is there a guy in the portal that you can go get that says, He's going to be happy to just take some reps, give us some depth, and play if he has to. Or do you simply have to go look at a local high school here around Columbia or in the state and say, would you like to come in, be on scholarship, maybe be a a PWO, preferred walk-on, and just give us some depth? Because that may be the route that they have to take. Honestly, guys, you know as well as I do, and it's not because of portal losses. It's because they're they're still a little weak at some key areas. You got to go get some scholarship dudes at this spot. Quarterback right now is not one of them. It's a wish list thing, but I don't know if they're going to be getting a fourth quarterback for next year out of the portal. Just because right now I don't think there's anyone in there that says I'm not coming in to fight for a job. I want to come in and play. So I realize there's a bunch of big time QBs in the portal right now, but most of them are probably already going to be spoken for. I've already heard Dylan Gabriel to Oregon, Riley Leonard to Notre Dame, uh, Grayson McCall, you know, he entered last year and was assumedly going to go to Auburn. And then Auburn signed their guy. And he's like, Oh, um, well, you know what? Tell you what, this is a revolving door. Let me just go on back to coastal for a year. Right. I saw somebody say, man, Grayson McCall to Clemson makes so much sense. I thought, has, does Cade Klubnick know that? They, I'm yeah, sure Grayson know. does. Like, I ain't going up there to sit on the bench, man. I mean, he's he's done enough to play. So it's yeah. one of those where can you find a guy actually in the portal that will come in and is willing to at least battle for a spot 
if not be told, hey, you're probably the number two or number three guy. Because, guys, I'll still stand by. Of course, Lenora Sellers is the future, but Luke Doty's got to get a look. He has to. He's earned that. Maybe that's in spring. Maybe that's in the season. But he deserves a look. And nothing against Lenoris, but I think there does need to be a true competition there before we just hand it over. Could always look at the upper echelon of FCS guys that are entering as well. Guys just looking to kind of get to the next level and see what happens. But I'm with you. Who knows? I know one thing. They need defensive linemen. They need wide receivers. And they need a running back or two. Boy, do they need a running back. You know. uh, I tell you, when I saw Rocket Sanders enter yesterday, I thought – I mean, we'll see, and I haven't I haven't heard anything. I haven't dug too much on it right now, but there is an obvious connection there with Dowell. And, like, man, I know he was hurt this year, but the year before, whew, he, he was a rocket. 1,400 yards? Yeah. Get that cat in here. <laughs> the kid at uh, Georgia State, I would say this, too. Keep an eye on the kid at Georgia State and keep an eye on the Smothers kid who's transferring from, from Oklahoma. Uh, just keep an eye on based on – Based on, you know, our guy who's not here today, but just little, keep it up. Little birdies that like to chirp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I get a lot of them too. <laughs> DC will let you run on that note, man. Great reports as always. Uh, safe travels to the upstate. I'm assuming you're about to hit the road here soon. No, right? no, I'm I'm staying here to do the women's game tonight. We're gonna okay. double cover it, and uh, and that's the thing. I was planning to go, but then I saw the women's games the next day. So John Blau, who's the home team writer for tonight he would have the game story anyway so i was like well i'll, I'll just stick it here and then you know catch it on tv but uh yeah, i've been doing a little too much traveling lately so probably that bad thing just yeah chill chill everybody just chill everybody just chill it's portal season everybody chill <laughs> all right man uh we will uh look forward to doing it again next week wonderful to have you as always sounds good guys thanks for having me thank you thanks, there you go david cloninger one of the best in the business david Cloninger with the Post and Courier. Derek Scott is also pretty darn good at what he does, right? I know he's on the road. He'll join us next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. 
Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend, a career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres. Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you diagnose your swing and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call them at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated.
shade afternoon here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome uh, back. We, of course, are built by the Barndo Co., the Barndominiumco.com. Derek Scott is the voice of Gamecock basketball, and he is on the road for the upstate. Tonight, Carolina will tip off against Clemson. Both are undefeated. This is incredible. Here we are, top 30 net ranking game here for both teams in early December. Derek, glad to have you, brother. Hey, guys. How we doing today? Doing good. Uh, first and foremost, before we get to basketball, a legend, uh, Carlton Thompson, uh, maybe the greatest Gamecock basketball fan ever, uh, passed away this morning at the age of 69. We all know him as Gamecock Jesus. I know you've watched him in that arena uh, since day one when you began began calling games years and years ago. Uh, just wanted to give you a quick, uh, quick opportunity to say something in his honor for his family. Yeah, you know, Matt Cradell had been keeping me up to date with Carlton's struggles with his health uh, here of late. And I knew that it was, the outlook was somewhat bleak, but it did not change the stunned disappointment that I had this morning when I woke up and, and read the text telling me that, uh, that Carlton had passed. And he was just such a wonderful person. The first time I met him, you know, you, you see, the, you know, the, 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 the crazy behavior at the games and how into it he was, I mean, you kind of get this idea of who you think a person is. Uh, and then when you meet him and really figure out what he's all about, such a, you know, just to talk to him one-on-one, he was such a quiet guy. And, and then you find out, you know, all that he has done for people. And, and then you, you know, kind of start picking up on the fact that he would bring a lot of folks who had their own struggles and challenges in life, he would bring them with him to basketball games. And I said it on Twitter this morning, his passion for the Gamecocks was matched by his compassion for people. He was just a wonderful, wonderful person, and he will be sorely missed. I'm very happy that he's not suffering any longer as he was, but that does not change the fact that, uh, you know, the impact he left on the Gamecock community, how much he will be missed by his wife and his family, and uh, I, I, I hate, hated to see the news this morning. Yeah, he, he gave himself to the Gamecock basketball program, but and he gave his time to others as a nurse, which is really just amazing. Uh, for, it really summarizes quickly who he was and who he'll always be, quite frankly. Um, any, I don't know, it's probably even too early to even talk about things like that. If you've heard anything as what the program and the school will try to do to honor him, I would imagine he would say, just beat Clemson tonight, and that's plenty. That would be a great honor for Carlton. There's no question about that. He would take a great pleasure in that. But, but no, I, I have not uh, heard any specifics, um, you know, in terms of what those plans might be. But I'm quite confident that Coach Tanner and – and the staff there will have that conversation and come up with something appropriate. What what type of party do you think they're going to have in heaven tonight with Tommy Moody and and Mr. Bill and uh, and Gamecock Jesus? That's a that's a heck of a trio up there. I don't know if there's three guys out there that have attended more events ever than those three combined. Yeah, that's a good point. Those those are three classics right there. No doubt about it. They will be looking down upon uh, the goings-on, the proceedings of Little John Coliseum, and I'm sure they all have their own stories to tell from experiences up there in the past. Derek, uh, tonight uh, Carolina's an eight-and-a-half-point dog against the Tigers, but they are undefeated. 
and uh, and so is Clemson. It it really is amazing, and I and I'm I've been very anxious to speak with you about this because you've been the voice of Carolina basketball now for oh my gosh, how long has it been? Ten, has it been ten years? It hasn't been no, that long, has it? No, it has not been ten years. No, Se- seven I years. Been around that long. I started in sixteen seventeen in the final four. Season. Okay, that was okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so seven years, seven years. Well, in that short time, and even going back to that, Mike Morgan pointed out that the ninety seven ninety eight team had a huge early season matchup against Clemson. The Gamecocks were ranked in the top ten back then, um, and ended up being a three seed that year. But my point is, uh, we've never had a a Clemson matchup like this. Right. Uh, in recent memory, neither team has lost. They're both in the top 30. And from a net standpoint, they've got eyes. They've got attention. They've got talent. All the things that give you that one big resume building win that you can look back on in March if you're not on the door of getting into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge game for both teams in terms of resume. Um, and it's always a huge game in terms of bragging rights and what it means to the fans. But, boy, it does take on that added value, if you will, right now. And both of these teams could end up thinking in those terms. You know, you go back to last year, and Clemson was one of those teams most disappointed on Selection Sunday. And they didn't specifically mention the loss to the Gamecocks as being the problem. But they certainly, I know, had to look at that game. And, you know, and then, of course, the inexplicable loss to that terrible Louisville team and wonder, you know, if that would have been enough to get them over the hump, you know, in a season in which they won 23 games, finished third in the ACC, were 14 and six, and didn't make it. Uh, Those are the sorts of things that stuck with them. Well, this year it's not like that. This year it's two teams that both could look at this and say, wait a minute, man, this this could be a real quadrant opportunity in the non-conference. You don't get that many of those. Both of these teams will see plenty of those in conference play. But uh, this one has that kind of value to it. And, yeah, you got to go back quite a ways to even think about having two or, or having both of these programs be in the NCAA tournament, uh, let alone being in the, you know, in that conversation. So I, it is. It's a circumstance. And to have them both undefeated at this year is. Gamecocks lead the all-time series 92 to 80, but Clemson leads it in the upstate 48 to 33. Uh, Derek PJ Hall is the story for the Tigers. How do you stop him? It's a great question. You know, last year, if you remember, no one even thought he was going to play because he had had the off-season surgery. And then we watched him warm ups. You could see they were working him out really hard one on one, testing that knee. And lo and behold, he ended up being the leading scorer uh, in that game. Uh, and uh, as I recall, he had, you know, 15 points. And Gamecocks didn't have a lot of answers for him in the low post. But boy, what he's doing this year, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's the inside outside game. He has just been tremendous. He, he's been. You know, I was looking at his numbers on Ken Palm the other day, and he's one of those guys that would be in the hunt nationally for player of the year based on Ken Palm's formulas right now. That, that tells you all you need to know. Guy's averaging 21 a game and almost eight rebounds a game and shooting it at a high percentage. He will be 
a real challenge for South Carolina, as he will be for a lot of teams this year, because he's got that he's he's got the, kind of the classic low post strength and agility combination. But then his ability to step out and hit the three pointer is, you know, it, there's there's stretch fives that can do it, but there's not many guys who can do it and then can also back you in and, and really, you know, get it done on the, on the block. So yeah, that he is. A, a real problem for everyone he's going to face. And for the Gamecocks, and talking to B.J. Mack, he went head-to-head with him a couple of years ago when he was still at Wofford. And so he knows what the matchup is all about. But uh, but it's still it's one thing to know about. It's another thing to be able to, to neutralize. And both of those guys are really going to be great tests for each other tonight, I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, would you anticipate that this is – this is BJ Mack's guy, or are they they going to try to change looks, or what, what do you think they're going to do to well, slow I mean, him down? Gamecocks have had such a you know the, the lineup's not they've not played a big lineup very much, so I don't think there's any alternative uh, to that because I mean if you start off the game with Stephen Clark on him, you know Stephen's giving up about thirty pounds on top of you know a couple inches, and then they might. I wouldn't be surprised if Lamont tries a lot of different stuff in that regard. I think that's probably the best plan of attack is you run both of those guys at him some, you run BBV at him some, you run Josh Gray at him some. Uh, Just try and have a fresh body on there to lean on him and and see if, you know, we can wear him down a little bit. He's going to get his. It's just a matter of how it impacts the rest of your lineup. You don't want anybody to be locked up on him one-on-one enough to, you know, it gets them into foul trouble, particularly if it's someone that's vitally important to this offense, as B.J. Mack is. That game you referenced a couple of years ago, Tigers beat the Terriers 76-68. Hall had 22 points and eight boards in it. Uh, B.J. just six points on two of ten shooting, and he did have four fouls. You know, he's gonna he's anxious to probably try to get some revenge if he can in a uh, familiar arena. Um you know, looking at the rest of the, the Gamecock squad, 18 threes the other night, I know you had a blast calling that. That's a that's a school record. It feels like they're going to – well, I mean, if anybody out there is hoping that they're going to hit 18 again tonight, I hope you're right, but let's not plan on it. But they are going to have to hit their fair share. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've got to probably – you're going to win on the road against a quality team. You probably need double figures. You, you most likely have to get 10 of those at minimum, I would think. And, and that may not be real, you know, optimistic enough. But, uh, yeah, you, you've got to be able to hit your shots. Um, Clemson defensively doesn't really focus on turning you over. Uh, you know, they don't steal the ball much. They don't turn people over much. So they are just going to be very sound in their defensive half-court set and try and make it hard on you to get those good-looking shots uh, and they're not going to cheat. They're not going to, you know, some teams like George Washington, the ball movement could be good enough that you expose some of their deficiencies and you get some wide open looks. Yeah, you know, that won't that won't come as easily against this Clemson team. I mean, their guards are so experienced. You know, Chase Hunter and Joseph Girard are both guys who are in their fifth year of ACC basketball. So they've played a ton of basketball. And then Shefflin on the inside has, has really been – real factor for them defensively and on the glass. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're going to have to make shots. There's no question about it. And it's going to have to be more than, you know, the last couple of games where you, 
where you just had a couple guys having to, to carry the load, you probably need a little more balance against this team. You know, Derek, I, I was thinking South Carolina, you know, with assisting on 42 43% of their shots this year, I was like, man, that's a really high number. Clemson has assisted on like 58% of their made baskets or something crazy. Yeah, I mean, they, and both offenses have been very good at sharing the basketball. And that's what I think has to have fan bases excited on both sides is there's nothing fluky about how they're going about it, you know. Uh, it's 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 good chemistry, it's good spacing, it's the pieces that fit well together, uh, and and that's the best. When you watch offense run well, that's when it looks its best is when it's being played like that. Yeah, it's a. It, it, I mean, these te- like there there are some similarities that I've found between both of these programs. They're going to be going head to head tonight, but then also. Um, but then also, as you just pointed out, a couple of differences, you know, defensively, I think that that's where a lot of this is going to center around when I watch the game tonight, South Carolina, not just PJ Hall, but, 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 um, are they able to kind of speed the Tigers up a little bit? I, it seems like that's going to be something that would be important up there. Yeah, for sure. Chase Hunter, uh, of the big three in their lineup, I think Hunter is the one that has shown at times and I'm not, not consistently. But at times over the last couple of years, that if you get him out of his rhythm, then it can impact everybody else because he's got the ball in his hands the most. But he also is a guy that when he's in, when he's on, when he's really got it going and, and is playing at the speed he likes to play at, that's that can really expose you. So I think perimeter defense on Chase Hunter is going to be huge tonight. Keep him out of the paint. Uh, and, and then um, – this Gamecock team has to match Clemson's physicality. If you've noticed, the last couple teams, that has clearly been part of the strategy is to really be physical with the Gamecocks and see how they respond. I would expect the same out of uh, out of this Clemson bunch in terms of if you, if you want a number to watch, let's see who is having the most success in terms of offensive rebounding. And it, oh. and it doesn't always lead necessarily to point Last year, that was that was huge. South Carolina, I think, had what nineteen offensive rebounds against Clemson last year. Uh, they just kept so many possessions locked. Now, it didn't lead to a ton of second chance points. It was a very strange stat concept of say nineteen offensive rebounds, and I think they, they only had like six or eight second chance points. But it's demoralizing when when they keep you know when one team misses shots and keeps going back and getting it, keeping the possession alive, and it keeps you. Uh, from getting into your offense and getting out in transition. And that was, you know, I think key in terms of slowing Clemson down a little bit last year. And I think South Carolina has got to probably be focused on that again here. Tigers have been making their shots uh, at a high rate. Both of these teams have, but I would imagine it's harder to make those shots tonight against this level of competition. So then it comes down to, can you keep possessions alive uh, with those offensive rebounds. If one of these teams does a significantly better job than the other at limiting that, then I think that can be a really, really big factor. Derek Scott, the voice of Gamecock basketball on the road tonight. It's an 8 o'clock tip at uh, Little John Coliseum in the upstate. 70 offensive rebounds thus far this year for the Gamecocks of the uh, 244 that they have boarded. Is there a, is there an X factor player tonight that you're that you're going to have your eyes on for for Carolina? Somebody that you feel like really just needs to play well in order for the Gamecocks to steal one up there? 
I would say this. I, I believe the guy who can maybe, you know, create that, that get them over the hump mode is potentially Miles Studi. Uh, he's the one guy in this matchup that probably doesn't know as much either about the rivalry or the venue. Uh, you know, Stephen Clark's played here before. BJ's played here before. Uh, you know, Michi played against this bunch last year. He knows what that's all about. Uh, certainly, Talon Cooper's from this area. He knows what it's all about. For for Miles, it's a little bit of an outsider's mentality. And you go back to when he shot it in the way he did against Virginia Tech. Last time South Carolina, you know, faced an ACC team, or the first time, I should say, and got a win. Uh, in, a, in a tough setting. It was neutral court, but there were a ton of Hokey fans there. Studi was huge, and I really do feel like he's a guy that can create a little extra oomph for this team because so much of the focus, you know, defensively will be on neutral, trying to neutralize BJ and Michi. Let me ask you quickly about Zach Davis, too. I, I, I love this kid. I, I love watching him play basketball. Um, excited for him to put a little bit more weight on at some point in time, uh, Derek, but, but it's just felt like the, the last couple of times he's run out there. I think he's only fired up six or seven shots total. Um, you know, kind of trying to feel it out a little bit. I, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, but, but boy, he's electric. He's an electric player and he's going to be really good at some point in time. Hey, what have you seen out of him the last couple of ball games? Well, I mean, with Zach, you know, he's got the physical tools with the athleticism and that great reach of his to be a real factor at the defensive end. Uh, and, and that's where I think, you know, he can really be uh, special for this team is you've got guys who can score the basketball. If you can get him to commit to just wreaking havoc at the defensive end, he can, uh, he can add another, another layer to this team, and, and he's been willing to do that. He's kind of embraced that role. He gets his hands on a lot of baskets. This isn't a defense that is going to create a lot of turnovers. He's a guy that can do that, though. He leads this team in steals. He can create deflections. Uh, he can go up and block shots as well. I, I, I just feel like, you know, he's a guy that can, in, in bursts, can come out there and really give you a boost off the bench. Uh, and and that's, that's another thing tonight. You know, Clemson's non-starters haven't had to do much. They haven't shown anyone that necessarily consistently does step up in that way. They got a huge outing uh, from uh, one of their bigs, Chauncey Wiggins, on Sunday against Pitt that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. And that's, you know, that's kind of where my question is, is beyond the obvious guys on both starting lineups, who can really, you know, make their presence known in this matchup. Jacoby Wright played well against Clemson last year. He's played well off the bench again this year a lot. He's a guy that you probably think of first in that regard. But uh, I definitely think that you could also look at Zach as a guy who can who can factor into that equation tonight as well. Brad Brownell is this season in search of his fourth NCAA appearance uh, at Clemson and certainly well on their way with the undefeated Mark Lamont, of course, just in his second season, is trying to get number one for the Gamecocks later on this year. Have you heard any of that chatter? Did, did, did you ever hear it in the building? Does anybody talk about it? About the, what, Clemson, Carolina, or what, about what specifically? No, 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 about, you know, the dance and, hey, these are our goals, these are our dreams. Do you hear those type things? No, okay. no, no. That, that, that's that, – that's – that's 
I, I think this team right now is, is is focused on what they're doing, and those are byproducts that come out of doing things well on on a consistent basis. That 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 those sorts of opportunities will happen. But no, I I, I don't hear that out of this team at all. I haven't seen them I, talking that, in that regard, whether we're talking players or coaches. Their focus is just on continuing doing well what they've been doing well, and everything else takes care of itself eventually in that regard. Well, Derek, as always, we are fired up to listen to you call Gamecock basketball 7.30 tonight on the air if you are not in Columbia market or not in a specific market that has it on your local radio. It just takes the Gamecocks app, and you can get uh, Derek and Casey. Of course, they'll be on Sirius XM 389 and on the Sirius XM app if you subscribe to that uh, channel 979. They're the best in the business, and they're hoping to bring this sucker Back home, Tigers have won four of the last six, but the teams have split the last four meetings at Little John. Carolina looking to go three-two in the last five, and again last season on November the eleventh, it was a, it was played a lot earlier last year at Colonial Life Arena. It was that Chico Carter clutch shot there at the end to give Carolina a two-point win. We'll take that again, uh, Derek. But I'm not so sure this is going to be a sixty to fifty-eight type score. I think a few more points are coming tonight. Yeah, I think you're right. Both teams averaging between 75 and 80. So I think you probably got a score in that range to have a chance to win uh, this contest. That that would not shock me at all. And by the way, how about this? I'm actually in Clemson City Limits, and, and my cell service is still allowing me to talk to you guys. That might be the biggest upset of the day. <laughs> well, I hope you stop to go to the bathroom because they still don't have indoor plumbing up there, you know. Uh, no, I'm not taking those kinds of shots. That's not. That's all you, Jamie. Maybe is is completely responsible for that comment. I already caught up. Already, I, I, I already bit off more than I could chew with my my tweet last week after the George Washington game. Good grief! I did not mean to try and stir up that much about that that comment. I, Coach Coach Beamer was talking to him at the football state championships, and he was laughing at me about it. I said, I I, I don't know why that provoked so much reaction, but boy, it did. So I guess that's another case to be careful what you say on social media because people can run with it sometimes uh, a little more than you might anticipate. I love when I saw that, Derek, my eyes got a little wider on that tweet. I'm like, well, all right, go ahead, throw it out there. I don't don't know. I've I've gone back and read it multiple times. I don't understand where the disconnect is on what I said and what people thought I meant by that. But uh, (laughs) I, I will just say simply, you know, Gamecocks were embarrassed last year at George Washington. They, they were down 30. So, yes, that does lead to uh, a, a need for revenge. It doesn't mean the other guys did anything wrong. Now, did they celebrate in a rather expansive way? Absolutely. But I wasn't surprised by that. You're an Atlantic 10 team. You get a rare opportunity to play at home against an SEC team. And everything that could go right does go right. So, I, I really didn't mean to stir the pot like I apparently did in that on that one. But, uh yeah, yeah. Shane was Shane had a few chuckles at my expense. I'm, I know he he's been on the uh, on on that end of things probably occasionally in regards to how people interpret your messages. So I uh, I had to figure that one out uh, uh, on my own a little bit. But yeah, that that got a lot more response than I ever expected. <laughs> yeah, Shane's probably a good one to lean on when you're getting throttled on social media about got right, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, being a being a football coach in the SEC, you could you could say anything. I I love life, and it's going to be controversial to somebody. So, um, 
I know this. We love Derek Scott, and we sure can't wait to listen to you call it tonight, man. Uh, I know you're pulling up the shoot around, so enjoy. And we'll tell you what we always tell you. Come home with a win. You know the drill. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Thanks, Derek. There you go. The uh, amazing voice of Gamecock basketball, Derek Scott. He and Casey Manning tonight. Again, 7.30 airtime, 8 o'clock tip time at Little John Coliseum. Clearly, Clemson fans, I was just kidding. That's that's what you do in the rivalry, especially when your football program gets beat. You got to find something else to do, and that's 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 what we were doing. But we're all we're – all, it's all fun and games. Uh, or as Mike Tyson once said, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's what i told my 13 year old uh, nephew playing football the other day so everybody's got plan to get punched in the face you know so you, you gotta you got you gotta have a backup plan at the end of the day <laughs> all right uh built by the barn doco and reminder always if you're a carolina fan shop at gamecock traditions this holiday season gamecocktraditions.com up to 50 percent off deals right now you don't have to be in the midlands to shop there when somebody asks you, where do I live in Lawrence? I live in Greenville. I live in Mount Pleasant. I live in Myrtle Beach. I don't know where to get Gamecock stuff. It's pretty easy. GamecockTraditions.com. You don't even have to get out of your recliner, and you don't have to go to some knockoff store that's going to sell you something that's a hunk of junk that was made God only knows where that's got the Southern Cal logo on it instead of the South Carolina logo. I promise you, Gamecock Traditions will never do that. GamecockTraditions.com. Com. Matt Anderson going to pop in next, and he'll ride out the storm with us here on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Inside the Gamecocks, we'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor.
If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back. Part of the Chief Sports Network, which is served by our friends at Dixie Vodka. Dixie Vodka. You can find it on the Chief Sports app as well. And some of the best stuff out there is made right here in Charleston, South Carolina. When I say that, I'm not kidding because I don't buy any other vodka. And it's been like that for years. And now it's a great honor to be able to work with the fine folks of Dixie Vodka and what they do for us at the Chief Sports Network and keeping all of us sane during football season matt anderson joining us host of the late night gamecock show and uh matt it's it's been a while since we've been able to look around and go oh my gosh like what are you doing tonight well I, you know i got some laundry you know i got my neighbor coming over for dinner carolina plays at eight cancel plans okay that sounds good in basketball because it's this is it, it and it adds fuel to the fire that it's that team in the upstate both of them are are really battling uh, not only to beat each other and have some bragging rights, but for a resume. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because, um, you know, my mom texted me last week and she's staying with us tonight. And she said, you know, I know exactly what we're going to be doing Wednesday at eight o'clock. I can't wait to watch the game with you. <laughs> and, you know, my, my mom's somebody that is an avid Gamecock fan. I mean, if she lives over in Lexington, but... um. You know, she's got 107.5 the game on blast. She's sending me like emails for the show. Like, you should talk about this. You should talk about that. But my mom is fired up for the game tonight. I think all of Gamecock Nation is, um, you know, obviously, you know, losing Carlton Thompson today was was pretty tough. Um, you know, I posted on the Big Spur that, you know, about, golly, I'm 35. So I was a ball boy when I was like 10 or 11. And I used to always sit at the goal where, you know, Gamecock Jesus was. And, you know, the, the amount of folks that he brought and introduced to Gamecock sports, um, you know, the, the passion he had for it, and just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet, you know, just um, so that's tough news. It's tough news on, you know, South Carolina Clemson basketball game day. Um, I saw that Don Staley put out a very touching um, tweet today um, talking about Carlton. And so, you know, just for me, I had to start off with that because, you know, just tough, tough loss for Gamecocks. And I'm sure you guys have already talked about that today, but um but yeah, um, with this game tonight, I'm extremely fired up for it. Uh, Clemson and South Carolina, if you if you look at the advanced statistics, are, are kind of mirror images of each other. Um, they both shoot the ball well. They both um, you know stop the other team from from shooting well. You know hold those guys down to lower field goal percentages. Um, you know I heard you guys talking a little while ago while I was about to pop on here about um, who's going to guard PJ Hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, kid is the kid is phenomenal. 
Um, you know, I'm wondering if this might be a little bit of a, you know, drop Josh Gray in the middle of the paint and just say, okay, you know, chase PJ around everybody else. But when he gets in the paint, just put that name of the man down there. Because, I mean, last year, if you look back, Josh Gray had 10 rebounds in that game against Clemson last year. You know, he's kind of been missing in action a little bit um, so far this season. But, you know, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about this game. But what are the things, you know, everyone's worried about PJ Hall. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't let Joe Gerard, Gerard get going. Um, that kid is just lights out from three. I was at the, um, golly, Syracuse, Florida State basketball game in Tallahassee a couple years ago. And I think he put up a 30-piece and hit like 10 threes in the game. And just looking at the Clemson statistics so far, he's been shooting the ball well. But he is a smaller guy. I'd be interested to see um, who's guarding him. I think that you know, you probably want to throw a Talon Cooper on him and just, you know, stop the flow of the offense, at least the three-point shot coming from there because Talon's so smart, you know, playing on the ball and off the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm actually sitting here. Tony Shufo's texting with me. Uh, Tony, Tony, one of the longtime great voices in this state uh, who uh, is uh, you know, thankfully gotten himself back into broadcasting. He's had a handful of Clemson games. Um, over the last couple of years, and he's kind of given me some information on some of these kids. And one of the things I was looking at with Clemson, it, 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 because it, it's kind of rare, like you're not seeing – I guess if you do see it, you just don't notice it as much anymore. You mentioned when you were a ball boy. I remember being a young kid at Frank McGuire Arena, and you would, you'd watch these – not only the Gamecock basketball teams, you know, the same guys over and over and over for two, three, four years out there playing, but I would come home and play pickup basketball out in the driveway – and, you know, you'd be able to uh, run through the names of your opponents, uh, the guys from Kentucky and the guys from Georgia and the guys from Tennessee. Because if you watched it like I did or listened to it like I did, you heard them over and over and over and over and mm -hmm. over. And then they'd be there for three or four years. Why am I telling you that? Because I'm sitting here texting with Tony about some of these guys that are playing for the Tigers that have been consistent contributors. For, it's an older, mature team of guys who he recruited who are out there playing, you know, pretty good brand of basketball right now, and you're really not seeing that as much. You look at Carolina; the starting five is all all out of the portal. <laughs> yeah, at, at least currently, Colin Murray Boyles will be in there at some point in time, and Zach Davis too. But um, so it, it it is interesting, and it's kind of a hat tip to the Tigers and how they've built that basketball team right now. It's a it's nice to still see that in today's era of college athletics. And, you know, I've had a, you know, one of my good friends um, has had some guys that went and played for Burnett Brownell. I mean, the team, the players like Brad Brownell. I think Brad's a good coach. I think that he, you know, tough gig. Clemson and South Carolina are both tough gigs. But, you know, you know what you're going to get when you face Brad Brownell. It's not, it's never an easy game against a Brownell, Brownell coach team. And it's not going to be different tonight. I mean, the, the Ian Shefflin kid is just, I mean, he had 17 rebounds against Pitt over the weekend. And I mean, watching him against Alabama, that, you know, that dude can get after it. Um, it it's going to be a good game. I'm really excited for it. I mean, but I mean, Chase Hunter, they got good players. They have a lot of good players, but so does South Carolina. And, you know, even though Ken Palm has the Gamecocks, I think last time I looked, it was a six point, six or seven point underdog in the game. I mean, South Carolina can play defense too, and we'll see what happens tonight. That's right. What are that's your thoughts you, on it, JV? Yeah, that's where you want to be. I mean, yeah, Clemson's Clemson's got a great team, and uh, the Tigers, 
are, should be expected to win this game. But um, Carolina, if they can knock down shots tonight, and uh, you're not going to stop P.J. Hall, but you're going to have to find a way to slow him down and make him uncomfortable. If you can make him uncomfortable and you knock down shots, Carolina's got a great chance to go win the game. Uh, I mentioned um, Derek was – he made me feel smart, guys, because when I asked him earlier about maybe maybe somebody that really needs to play well to win this game, is there kind of a key guy – uh, he mentioned Miles Studi, and that's exactly what I was thinking. He, he's got a – it's been, I think, since the second game of the year when they played Virginia Tech, since he's hit more than one three in a game, he's probably going to need to bang a couple of those home tonight. And he's going to be a big deal on the defensive end as well because Miles is a good defender. He's got length. He, he plays hard. I mean, you can have some people that just get by naturally on God-given ability and athleticism when you play defense and, you know, can recover from mistakes and – you know, I think about like the Zion Williamson's of the world. I mean, just an example, like, you know, he's still going to block your shot even if you got three dribbles past him. But Miles Studi is a guy that attacks, attacks the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I'm thinking you got to put him on Chase Hunter tonight. I think that, you know, Michi, not the best defender that South Carolina has. You got to find a way to hide Michi. Last year, Michi only had three points in the game, one of six from a three-point line against Clemson. You know, he hasn't forgotten about that. Um, Jacoby had a decent game last year against Clemson, if memory serves. But you know you're gonna have to find a way to, to slow down. I mean, it's really PJ Hall, Chase Hunter, and Joe Joe Gerard. If or Gerard, I always mispronounce his name. But um, if you can slow them down, another big key there is Clemson only allows players to play 7.5 percent of the time once they get two fouls. Um, you know, they're two foul participation. If the Gamecocks can be aggressive early in the game and get some of these guys on the bench. Um, in the first half, so that you know Brownell will save them for the second half. That could be a key to the game as well. The Gamecocks have to be aggressive tonight. Derek said just a little bit ago he thought that the win over George Washington was their best win of the season. Of course, he's seen them all up close and personal throughout the year. What were your thoughts on that 22-point record-setting victory over the Revolutionaries? Well, when you shoot the ball like that, you're going to be hard to beat. I think that was probably South Carolina's you know, best offensive performance of the season, you know, just all the way around. And, you know, those kids shot the ball well, too, against the Gamecocks. That was that kind of messed up the Gamecocks three-point percentage defense. But, um, yeah, that was a good win. I think that, the in my mind, the biggest win of the season so far was – Oh. Be, go ahead. We I hate to cut you off. We've got some breaking news here. It is not Let's good go. news for the Gamecocks. South Carolina running back Mario Anderson plans to enter the transfer portal. Uh, according to uh, on threes, Pete Nakos uh, on uh, Pete Nakos with I mean, this literally just happened as of a minute ago. Mario Anderson. Running back at South Carolina to enter the transfer portal. Wow. Um, let's step, let Matt. I hate to do this. Let me step aside. So we I can get in touch with somebody during the break. Let's see if we can't dig something up on this. This is. Major news for Gamecock football, and very, very unexpected. I can assure you of that. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll get back to basketball in just a little while, but uh, the breaking news, Mario Anderson is apparently leaving the Gamecocks now as well. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas.
12.50, welcome back. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, Matt Anderson joining both uh, Phil and I. Mario Anderson, the latest Gamecock, to announce he will be departing the program. Uh, still kind of trying to get some stuff dug up on this, but I can tell you from what I've dug up thus far is that this is pretty shocking news uh, to the uh, football program as he has been pretty open about apparently coming back and uh, being one of the better running backs in the SEC. Ran for over 700 yards this season behind a struggling offensive line and with a first-year offensive coordinator, guys. So this is this is big, big-time news. Uh, Gamecocks right now have a, an injured Juju McDowell, uh, a committed Matthew Fuller, and a freshman DJ Braswell as your running backs for 2024, although they are targeting and they will land a couple in the portal. And, uh, and they're hoping to add one more in the class as well. Daniel Hill right now looking good for Carolina. But, um, you know, Matt, I'll start with you and come back and circle back down to Phil. This is this is big news. I mean, this is a guy who he's got a he's got a child on the way. I've gotten to, you know, I got to know Mario a little bit. Outstanding kid. Um, but. Uh, wow, that's uh, that's the world we're living in now. A kid from Goose Creek, South Carolina. Goes to Newberry, Gamecocks give him a chance. He comes in and runs with it, and now he's running away from him. Yeah, man, that um, as a Gamecock, as a Gamecock fan, this one hurts a little bit because you know everyone came to love Super Mario. Absolutely, I mean, even the run against Tennessee, showing the heart he had to try and get the Gamecocks back in that game. The kid ran hard. He played pissed off. It seemed like, and he had a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's a different world we live in. I mean. I I don't know what the numbers are on the big spur right now, but the F5 refresh button has to be going crazy. Um, you know, all the I mean, it's not just today because of Mario Anderson. I'm saying over the last since last Thursday, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've gotten a text message from somebody and then I get five more that are saying the exact opposite and same thing. And this one was very unexpected. I don't I'm still trying to make heads or tails of it. I would was he announced as an NIL? Um, did he get an NIL deal recently? I thought I saw something where he signed something with Garnet was, Trust. With those Garnet Trust ones, I don't believe his name was listed in those most recent tweets that they've been putting out. Yeah, they've had a bunch of them out here lately. I, mean, I could be confusing him with somebody else, but woo, tough loss for the Gamecocks. You look at that room, then JV just went through it. Some, a lot of youth, a lot of youth in there outside of Juju, and Juju probably isn't. You know what most we consider a, you know, an all-purpose, all-purpose back. You know, he's not going to be able to run through the middle. DJ Braswell didn't seem like he wanted to do that this year, um, as most freshmen don't. They want to bounce it out and do what they're accustomed to doing in high school. But Matthew Fuller, um, I saw some rumors about Matthew Fuller the other day too that weren't weren't too great. Um, but I checked in on that, and it seems like Gamecocks are still fine with Matthew Fuller. Uh, you get a Daniel Hill in there. It's a lot of youth, man. They're going to have to get some transfers. And they will. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this earlier. You know, I, I would say keep a keep an eye on uh, the young man from Oklahoma. Keep an eye on the running back from uh, Georgia State. Uh, certainly, Rocket Sanders, and I. You want to keep you, you want to keep your eye on him as well. That's the most popular name. Everybody's only going to ask about him. Might I remind everybody? Nobody asked about Mario Anderson last year, and thank God that he showed up. So, you know, you, you know, there's going to be another. I don't mean this disrespectfully to Mario Anderson. Um, I'm sure he would understand it. There's going to be another Mario Anderson. There's somebody out there who can run for 700 yards in the SEC. Uh, it happens every single year. So, you know, they, they will go find a guy. But 
you know, it, it's still, I mean, look, in, in the world we're living in, you know, I, I don't, there's two ways to look at this. There's the football side, and then there's the side that we all grew up with, the emotional side. Yeah. I feel bad for kids. And that's not like the topic people want to get on. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. I enjoyed growing up getting attached to the guys that put the uniform on. You can't do that anymore. Like, do not emotionally invest yourself in any single player at South Carolina or anywhere else because you're just going to set yourself up for for it all to come crashing down. Um, you know, honestly, we if we didn't have a job to do, guys, after the last football season – It'd probably be better for us to just say we'll we'll kind of we'll cover the football team uh, on the uh, first day of spring practice. Well, you know, and, and JB, not give you a name between now and then. It, it's hard because you know, even on my show, and when I hop on here with you guys, like you said, everyone wants to know who the next portal guy is, and I'm at the point where I'm not even going to rattle off all the names that are connected to South Carolina until. Something comes to fruition. If they commit and sign with South Carolina, are going to play football. We'll talk about them. But you know, it just gets nauseating trying to figure out, you know, where the Gamecocks land with some of these guys right now that are in the portal. The guys that might leave. I mean, you know, you lose Mario Anderson, your leading rusher. You lose Juice Wells, who was your leading receiver two years ago, and you lose Mitch Jeter. You know, a lot of their names. I don't think Gamecock fans are you know losing sleep over that have entered the transfer portal, but. That's a lot of production you got to make up, and especially losing Xavier Leggett. I mean, Lenore Sellers can be the best things in sliced bread, and I think that he is um, personally. Lenore Sellers is just a, a monster, but you got to have people around him. And you know, there's a lot of opportunity here. And you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know Mario better than I do. Um, I'm, I can tell by your your reaction, you're shocked. Yeah, very. I'm very surprised. Um, it's a place that's really embraced him. You know, look, you, you know, I, I get it. Everybody says you got to do what you got to do. What's best for you? He's got a child on the way, and 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 I know he was weighing his, you know, some options with the NFL. I know the NFL has been interested in Mario. Um, you know, so uh, I mean, I, you just want to call a spade a spade? Are we allowed to do that here, Phil? Can we call a spade a spade? I mean, let's just put. Let, okay. So I mean that's what it yeah, is. All right. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's call a spade a spade. Uh either you're taking more money, and if you're taking more money, then you've been poached. That's number one. Uh, or you're not happy with the program. And that sure as heck doesn't seem to be the case. You're gonna be the top running back in the in the program next year with a very talented and, and very experienced returning offensive line and outstanding quarterback in your second year with your offensive coordinator. Now, unless there's something that we don't know, and there might be, um, I, I, you know, look, uh, you want to speculate a little bit more? Let's speculate a little bit more. Um, Montario Hardesty and and uh, Mario Anderson are incredibly close. Mario Anderson uh, has done nothing but publicly uh, try to explain to people how much Montario Hardesty has meant to him and how Montario Hardesty has developed him. You know, could this be a a uh, sign of some movement to come on the coaching staff. I don't know that answer. I'm speculating here. Well, the other speculation there is, does South Carolina have some commitments from some transfer guys, and Mario didn't like what the numbers were looking like. I mean, Mario did put out that cryptic Instagram thing, and I don't spend that much time on social media, but when you do what we do and you're on message boards, you see stuff, and it, you know, people thought, oh, I might be going to the NFL. 
But, you know, maybe he was promoting his services out there for anybody if that because he talked about I played in seven games or six games. I didn't start the start of the start of the season, had, you know, 200 yards receiving, 700 yards rushing these touchdowns. You know, I mean, these kids are out here promoting themselves now for whatever opportunity can come. And I can promise you one thing. All the coaches in the SEC already knew about Mario Anderson. They saw him run. They, they saw what he did in South Carolina, you know. I think there's a couple of different things there, man. Like exactly you said it, you know, it's hard to see on his way out. I don't know. Um, a lot of rumors. <laughs> no, no doubt. That's all we're going to be able to deal with until we get some, uh, get some hard, uh, some hard stuff here, which we're working on. We're working on, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I it, it, it's not that he didn't like Monterey Hardesty, uh, the Portland insider here in our chat box. He, he, he loves Ontario artists. I can tell you that it's a. Well, he, it's talked, just, he talked about too, JB. You know, I wasn't picking up my blocking assignments. I wasn't ready to play. I had to get. I had to get up to D one SEC football, and Ontario Hardesty helped him do that and held him accountable. So, yeah. just tough. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, Gamecocks uh, certainly have a plan. Uh, we know that they're attacking the portal, and. Um, so we'll see how, kind of how that looks. But that is uh, news that uh, we are not expecting to hear today. And that is what it is. 1259. That's, <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. It just, you know, you, you've got, you know, is this is two guys now where you've given them opportunities and done things. Ken asked a good question here, too. Who's going to want to buy NIL jerseys from one-year players? I don't disagree with that. Well, not the people that the bought jerseys. shirts from Gene Bell <laughs> last year. Yeah, the day, the, day that, uh, the day that he was transferring, he was trying to sell jerseys. Yeah. yeah, at least Mario wasn't out here peddling merch. But, I mean, you know, how many times are we going to be able to use that? I, I don't know, uh, you know. The wildest of speculations is, oh, this means Hardesty and Mario are leaving because we're getting Smith and Sanders. But let's not put that out into the world just yet, because I already see that building in the comments here. That's There is nothing confirming that right now. But yeah, a little short-sighted in my opinion to transfer and not move up, because I'm sure he could have found his way onto a roster. Time out. Hour three coming up. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service 
after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. Because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. With a little love and some tenderness. We'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist with a little peace and some harmony. We'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand. All right, final hour here, Wednesday afternoon. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. And, of course, it is also served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. You can find it on the Chief Sports app. Matt Anderson in today here with uh, both uh, Phil and I. We've got an hour to go, thanks to Derek Scott and uh, David Cloniger for joining us earlier in the program. Uh, the breaking news, Montario, or Mario Anderson is transferring from the Gamecock football program. Uh, this has uh, just been put out for about the last 10 or 15 minutes. 
and uh, we are um, kind of trying to dig things up. I, I'll, I'll say this: uh, I, I, it, it, I would say the next, um, the next, the next two weeks or, or, or so would probably uh, tell the full story as to kind of w- what this period is like. Um, so I would say that the next couple of weeks, I won't be shocked if anybody leaves the program, to be quite frank. Um, that doesn't mean there's going to be some mass exodus. There's not. Uh, there is new information today. Grayson Maines also entering the portal. Yeah. Uh, O'Donnell Fortune, uh, a guy who was at one point in time expected to leave, he has now uh, decided to stay. I'm glad he has. He's from Sumter, South Carolina. And uh, the Garnet Trust, hats off to them for signing him to a deal as well. So he that's some good news today. Uh, he will be returning to the Gamecock football program, but their leading running back won't. Um, again, guess, I, look, I'm getting some information, but just none of it is like confirmed stuff, so you can't really put it out there. Um, but but things right now are fluid in Columbia, and I uh, expect the running back room yet next year to look um, much, much different. Well, that, that fairly obvious. <laughs> I don't remember what day it was last year week. in a row. It's been like that though. You know, here, what's the, you know, there's gotta be some sort of, Oh, I don't know. Uh, connection between you're losing your top running back two years in a row when, you know, I don't know. I, I would say that this one is going to be a little bit different from the last one. You are losing your top running back, but for, for different reasons. Different reasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously, I would I think. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. All kind of places. Yeah, like, go get somebody else is going to get some money and give it to him. Yeah. I, and you yeah. know what? You know, you know what, guys? Like, I mean, when the Juice Well stuff, like, you know, broke, right? We're all sitting here and everyone's like, well, well, well shit. <laughs> like, that, that really stinks. But. You know, I mean, where did he come from? James Madison. Where did Mario Anderson come from? Newberry. They're going to find dudes. When is the last time South Carolina, I mean, I can't say for running backs, but hadn't had a wide receiver that popped. And we talk about that all the time. There's going to be somebody that pops a wide receiver. The sky is not falling. The earth is not going to stop spinning um, because Mario Anderson and Juice Wells and Mitch Jeter left, right? You'll go find somebody. That's why it's a lot of, it's still a lot of fun to be around this portal stuff. I mean, I hate it. I hate the NIL stuff, but I mean, this does remind me of, you know, like if you're a longtime Gamecock message board guy, like the bigger news to come back in like 06, 07, which was just a heck of a lot of fun to be around. But this is just crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, look, man, uh, you know, <laughs> Phil, Phil got a retreat from, uh, from Brad on the peddling merch comment. Well done, Mad Dog. You're, you're, you're in the news today. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, look, it, it's 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 going to be so. You've got a lot of things that are um, that are. Hap- Here's my prediction. Let me, let me just say this so I can put my name behind it, not somebody else's. Um, I, I, I would anticipate, in, in addition to the roster, that more than likely that you're going to see some changes on the coaching front. Um, I'm not specifically naming any coaches. I'm just saying that the, the, the staff is probably going to look a little bit different. Things can change from time to time. Shane Beamer kind of works in the shadows. We've, we've learned that over the last couple of years. And then he'll strike when he's ready to strike. And, um, and you know, it's all something you learn as a head coach, too, as far as how to deal with certain things the way that they need to be dealt with. A couple of years ago, he probably didn't have 
enough experience and information to be able to go out and do the things he needs to do now. So you've got the signing period coming up. You've got the portal going on. Uh, and um, and they are targeting multiple running backs out there. Um, the uh, Carroll kid out of Georgia State, the uh, Smathers kid out of Oklahoma, certainly uh, two big names to keep an eye on. Yes, Rocker Sanders is a name to keep an eye on. And then there are others. Um, so you've what it what it seems like here, and I'm I hope people will follow what I'm what I'm getting at. Um, what it seems like here is that you've you've got a, a puzzle that they're trying to put together in in a certain time frame, and this is what a lot of these coaches are complaining about. Uh, Matt Mad Dog, you've got the portal, you've got signing period. The Gamecocks don't have this, but other programs do. It's called bowl practice, if you remember what that is, and things of that nature. And and you're trying to do all this stuff. Meanwhile, you've got coaching a coaching staff. Your coaching staff, you're going to take calls. It doesn't matter who, who you are or what program you are. Every single year, every college football program in America at every single level is going to take a phone call about a coach on their staff. If you don't, you are probably absolutely awful. So – you are going to get calls and then you got to figure out is this guy leaving and if he is leaving what am i doing have you been preparing yourself to potentially fill that spot these guys know who does and doesn't do a good job shane beamer knows who his good coaches are and he knows who the ones that aren't kind of living up to that to that billing are right so so you start to compile the list of of contacts of who you're going to be calling if you get a call or if this guy leaves for another job and then the ones that aren't getting those calls, you're evaluating as to whether you want to return them or not. So you're also compiling a list. If you don't, who are you going after? Well, it doesn't mean that list is always going to exist, does it, Matt? It means that when you get to that first name, that guy might have already moved on or he might have already gotten a call. And then you got to go. So there's a revolving door of all this stuff. And now that players are connected but also have a a, a – the door never locks really essentially on the portal. They can just shoot my guys leaving. I'm out. So you see this everywhere and, and it's a puzzle and you've only got a few weeks time to, to be able to put the whole thing together to maximize your football program. And, um, and that's the best way I can explain as to where the Gamecocks are right now. Well, on top of that too. And then, you know, I kind of mentioned this on Monday night on my show, but, you know, I see a lot of hand-wringing about, so we're just going to hold a coach to sign a kid and then the coach is going to leave. Well, guess what? Every other program in the country is doing that as well. And no no assistant coach is going to burn bridges in the coaching community and say, you know, screw my current employer. I'm leaving right now to go coach at South Carolina and lose recruits, lose, you know, lose stuff that happens. I mean, everyone's doing this. This isn't something that's nefarious. And a lot of times the players are in the loop as well. You know, the recruits know like, Hey, if, if a change happens, just be wary of it. You know, some stuff could happen, but we're going to upgrade and it's all in the best interest of you. So this is going on around the country. Every single, every single college coaching staff is trying to be held on to through the first, first national signing day. And then you're going to see a lot of dominoes, you know, start to be played around the country. You also um, you also have a situation where a player can remove himself from the portal. So he can pull his name back out of the portal. Now, if, if a guy like Ma, uh, Mario Anderson goes on and signs with somebody else, okay, then it's over. 
but um but um he can remove himself from the portal like let's say you have a position coach that leaves and that was your guy your reason for being there or something like that i'm not insinuating that in any situation in any way shape or form but i'm just saying if that is a situation that happens and you're like well if he's out i'm out and then all of a sudden you know they bring in the greatest thing that's ever happened to football you can remove your name from the portal and, and decide to stay at the school so I, I called it fluid earlier can we stay with that is fluid yeah, sound okay to y'all let's stay with fluid. think about this guys i mean when did we find out about juice was it last thursday you know there was rumblings well juice was still talking to south carolina the day after the next day after and probably still having some level of conversation with south carolina until he finds his new home yeah he's going to go on to visit to tennessee Probably going to go on to visit to Texas, um, but you know they're still communicating. They're, this is all this is all a numbers game at this point with a lot of these guys. It's just look, you know, I love South Carolina. I appreciate everything you've done for me, but you know, I got and you know, in Mario's case, maybe it's because he has a baby coming in. You know, I don't know Juice specifically. I mean, Juice is taken care of. I know that I know a little bit of stuff about the NIL deal that South Carolina was offered him and it was probably more money than he's going to get somewhere else. But, um, you know, some players leave for different reasons. And one of the things that I'm noticing now, JB and, and Phil, I'd like to get y'all's thoughts on this is it seems like we're seeing a lot of like two-time transfers and not having much loyalty to the program that, you know, they transferred to from their old program. I think you're seeing that throughout the country as well. I mean, look at Oklahoma's quarterback. He's in the portal after transferring, you know, to Oklahoma. This is just, you know, it's almost like for one year free agency terms in the NFL. That's what this is now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's like, and I don't, I've always been a big proponent of the graduate, the free transfer, graduate transfer. I mean, you finish the school. I, I don't care if you're, you know, going somewhere for some arbitrary, you know, upper grad degree. If you want to go play football somewhere else, you should be free to do so if you've completed the educational responsibility of attaining a degree at your whatever school. I, I think things really get messy when you throw in this whole free agency thing mixed in with the free transfer that the NCAA has allowed. And that's where, you know, you're going to get these, like you just said, those situations, Matt, where, you know, you've got a guy that plays a couple of years at one place, you know, really shows out well and bolts for, you know, what you were hoping is a bag of cash and not just a bag of promises. And then, yeah. you know, and then gets one more shot at it once they graduate. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You got to put some reins on this somewhere. <laughs> well, I, you know, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to be able to do that. I mean, <laughs> you got to, no. you got, you got the president of the NCAA right now. You know, proposing that uh, they go to this. I mean, it's just, let's just eliminate all the college athletics except for the Power Five. This whole well, the, this group of people here get, will be able to pay the athletes. What about we can't pay our athletes? Well, then I guess you won't get any. I mean, it, it, it's such as it, it, that's a, that conversation the, is for another day. But yeah, yeah. the NCAA might have the dumbest employees that exist in any company in the world what they do and their decision-making just makes absolutely zero sense. And, you know, it's almost like a, a pissed off child because they don't get, they didn't get their way. And yeah. it's something that, 
I don't think they really care at this point. Um, and look, as far as NIL goes, you know, I'm okay with players getting paid for their name, image, and likeness. I think they should. I mean, 97% of college athletes are going to go pro in something other than the sport they play. And, you know, you know, limiting it, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I don't I don't even know how you put that, you know, put that, you know, close Pandora's box there. That's something that you can't do at this point. Yeah. And I, like you said, JB, the other day, you could have $100 million NIL and someone's going to pay someone five more million per year. I mean, it's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is right now. But uh, again, let's, you know, as Mario Anderson has entered the transfer portal, I, I would, uh, uh, you know, tell, tell your, tell your friends and family to uh, be cautious uh, with, uh, with, with trying to come up with the reason why um, let's uh, let's just let the next uh, few days, couple of weeks or whatever it is kind of pan itself out and see where things go from there, but certainly not news that we were expecting to hear. And who knows, maybe he can remove himself at some point in time and return to the Gamecocks. Uh, he is a home state kid from Goose Creek who played at Stratford, and uh, it sure would be nice to see him be able to tote it around one more time in Columbia. Um, our, we've got friends this time of year that can do a lot for you if you are in the market to Upgrade your Christmas. Let's call it that. How about the fine folks of Rescues and Resin? Dustin and Tabitha, not, so so they're friends, uh, but they're unbelievably talented. Dustin is a uh, a veteran of the United States military. Can't really say what he did, but he's one of the guys you want to know. I tell you that. And now what they do, now, now what you want to know is what he does now, which is make things that you've never seen before rescuesandresin.com i mean you can do carolina cutting boards you can do unbelievable coasters you can do all kinds of stuff custom made tables you name it they're incredibly well priced how about an how about an oyster table do you have oyster roasts and you want something that's really 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 neat they can do it all they can design anything you can do anything you want with these guys so if you're trying to find a very unique gift or if you've got a birthday coming up at some point in time or an anniversary or whatever it is, or you just want something nice for your home, I can tell you right now, Rescues and Resin, they're Gamecock owned and operated. They give to NIL, big NIL donors, big partners of us here on our programming and of the bigspur.com as well. Uh, so cannot thank them enough. Dustin and Tabitha, Rescues and Resin, rescuesandresin.com this holiday season. And they, of course, are on the Chief Sports app as well. All right, uh, we got to slide to a uh, timeout. We'll continue to dig into this. Some good news on the defensive side, though. Matter of fact, have you paid attention? This defense that finished as strong as they did, have you paid attention? Wait till you see what they, as of now, get to open up with next year. That's some exciting stuff that we get to talk about throughout the offseason for Gamecock football. And we'll kind of dip our toes into it when we get back on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. 
If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell, Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs. One twenty-five inside the Gamecocks, the show live always from the Sinorama Studios. Sinorama, the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks. Guys, as of now, nine of eleven defensive starters will return next year. Nine of eleven defensive starters, and that's from the basically going into the Clemson game. You're talking about Brian Thomas Jr. You're talking about Tonka. TJ is technically a starter too, even though they're at the same position. But who's counting? Boogie and uh, Nick Barrett uh, at the other uh, defensive tackle position. Uh, Stone Blanton, Debo Williams, Jalon Kilgore, O'Donnell Fortune, Nick Emanwari, DQ Smith. They're all returning. And then you've, you know, a lot of the depth behind them. Judge Collier will be back. I know Kawan is transferring, but all of your linebackers will return as well. They're looking to probably add a couple more guys to the secondary. Um, but um, Emory Floyd, Keenan Nelson Jr., and others. So, you know, let's say. 
maybe one of those guys doesn't start, but you're still returning eight, nine defensive starters any way you really look at it. That's that's phenomenal. That does not happen often, especially in this thing uh, with the, how the transfer portal has been gutting everybody and uh, how many guys will leave and go to the NFL and guys will uh, graduate and guys will get hurt. It's rare that you see like almost 90% of one side of the ball coming back to start. I'm not saying all those guys will be starters, but they certainly all have a ton of experience and they finished the year tremendously with the last three games, guys. That's, a, that's good news for Gamecock football. Yeah, and when you guys have Phil Steele come on to do, you know, his preseason talk about the Gamecocks next year, that's one of the very first things that's going to come out of his mouth is Gamecock Gamecock defense leaves the SEC and starters returning on the defensive side of the football. And that's going to weigh heavily into what Phil Steele projects, you know, these these teams going forward. And and let's not forget, you know, you got Dylan Stewart coming in, who is exactly what the Gamecocks need from a pass rushing standpoint. And look, Travian's going to coach these guys up. Travian, how long, JB Phil? Was he here seven months? You know, like still, like as of right now, like seven months with the program, maybe less. Uh, well, probably. Yeah, probably, right? Seven or eight. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, because yeah, he came. Yeah. And, you know, Travian's. He's a tough coach, and he's going to get the most out of these guys, and he's going to push them. And and we've seen flashes from pretty much all of the players that are coming back at some point in their Gamecock career, and some for longer than others. We've seen we've seen flashes, you know, game after game. It's just about getting these guys, you know, playing their best brand of football consistently, and that's what you saw to close out the season. I mean, you saw how many points um, Kentucky ran up on Louisville in the last game of the season. Well, what did South Carolina do to Kentucky? pretty much stifled them and you know the big thing and jb you've you've harped on this all season i agree with you it's the turnovers what happened when south carolina started forcing turnovers um and you know sometimes it's just you know better to be lucky than good but let's be lucky and good next year at the same time i think that's what the gamecocks have the opportunity to do yeah i i i agree with that i mean it's uh look you know i i would rather see a defense so you know being on that this this conversation of defense, I'd rather see a defense um, that is be- is better than lucky, you know, or more good than lucky, uh, the way that you uh, explained it there. Now, with that said, you know, they've also gone out and made some, like at the end of the year when they had all those turnovers, they also went out and made some nice plays. I mean, Nicky Mawari was a dude down the stretch. I mean, you know, those those plays don't just happen. you got to be a good player. you got to really work on that, and, and I get it. But – but also, you know, as we talked about months ago or uh, weeks ago before they went on that little stretch run there uh, in November, like just just you've got to be able to put a hat on a hat and play football. Like, you know, you can look around the league and 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 you don't like every defense that's at the top of the league is also not at the top of the league in the turnover department. They just put a hat on a hat and they're just better. You know, so what I'm hoping is that with all of these guys returning, added strength, um, added speed, added experience. I mean, you're talking about six-year guys, fifth-year guys on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you think about Bam Martin Scott and how long he's been around. OD and how long he will have been around. Nicky Mawari will be on his th- in his third year as a starter. So will uh, so will DQ Smith. Um, Boogie Huntley. He will be. Got through, that'll be his fifth year, right? It'll be Tonka's fifth year. Um, and, and you think about it, you think about this, JB, too. 
Debo. Yeah, this is actually, yeah, this is with the linebackers returning. This is really good for the two linebacker commits that South Carolina has right now. And um, Fred and Wendell, they don't have to come in and be relied upon like Stone Blanton was at some of his freshman year and even as a sophomore. Um, and the Gamecocks are still going to find some more defensive players in the portal. And you just talked about the different position groups, but they're going after some linebackers as well because those guys can't play 98% of the snaps every single football game. And, you know, move into, you know, maybe they're going to do this new um, 3-3-5, you know, defense. And maybe that's what they're going to do going forward. And that'll be great. But, you know, what South Carolina is doing right now, too, and I think it's kind of, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about it. This is how you, you know, have to use NIL and the transfer portal going forward. You have to turn your roster. I mean, it's no different in fantasy football when, you know, the week, you know, Sunday before the game, I go find all the backup running backs in the NFL who if their player gets injured. They're on the they're on my bench for that week, so I don't have to go spend, you know, waiver wire money on them. But you know, they're they're turning these they're turning the the roster over, and but you got to have upgrades as backups. You got to be able to push folks, and that, that's what they're that's what they're doing right now. And they're going to go get upgrades. I feel pretty confident, you know, going forward, South Carolina. Just get used to it. You're going to lose two to four high impact players a year to the transfer portal. Just mm-hmm. get get used to it. But you know, those other fifteen guys that you know, didn't make an impact for the Gamecocks. Let's go do, let's go upgrade there. And that's what the Gamecocks are doing right now. And, you know, people want to, you know, wring their hands over the amount of players leaving. Is there a culture problem? Love your brother, all of that. No, there's none of that. <laughs> this is what needs to happen. Yeah, I I, I don't, look, uh, I don't think there's a, like, I, I, that's the, that's low hanging fruit when you struggle and when you lose players to the portal, like they're losing. I mean, this is now. Like 17. 17. No, 18, because Grayson Maines was 17. Oh, yeah. So it's 18. That's probably the most in the SEC. Well, Vandy might be above still. I don't know. But um, that's going to be the low-hanging fruit as well. They really don't have the culture that they speak of. in this. And look, I'm not in the locker room every day. So they might not. They might not. I could tell you that my sources say that they don't. I mean, that or that, that, that that's not it, I should say. Um, like, But I'm not in there. I don't play for Shane Beamer. You know, I mean, I, again, we go based on what we're told, and what we're told is that's a that's a that's a pretty good locker room they've got. Um, but then there's also a group of guys that you know probably need to go find other places to play. Like we're not that far; we're, we're not even removed from it. There, there was a time where when you saw the transfer, it was very few that were like, "I'm out. I'm taking more money." It was like you'd already got the money, you know, like they that that you know they'd already stashed that cash somewhere. Like most of the transfers that we were used to were guys who, man, you sure do work hard. Coach, am I going to play? Probably not. You're going to need to find somewhere to go. Okay. Those were the transfers. And, uh, or, or just, you know, other problems. You have problems or whatever it was. Um, but like now, you, you, you still have a lot of that, but you also, of course, have this whole other world of, well, I'm just going to go test the portal, try to find NIL deals, and my coach is leaving, so I'm leaving, you know, whatever the case is. But we still are not removed from the guys who leave because they're basically asked to leave. And so you're still getting a lot of that. Like, th- there isn't anything inside of me. I'm being serious about this. This isn't, this isn't fluff. Like, I know that people don't want to believe it, and that's fine because things aren't going well. But there's not some big culture problem with the Gamecock football program. There's just not. I mean, so you can take it or leave it, and that's fine. But, like, you're going to bring a bunch of dudes in, and 
and then you know they're going to fit the culture too and it's kind of going to be what it's going to be like okay we're kind of exactly back where we were it's just that transition of continuing to grow that culture with with the core of it so and look sometimes that has to do with coaches too you know coaching staffs get stale you want to keep them together as long as you can I mean, I still can't believe that Dabo Sweeney kept his together as long as he did at Clemson. That seems just unbelievable to me. But they did it, and you would love to have the continuity. Um, but you're not going to. And, and I'm pretty confident that South Carolina's coaching staff is changing uh, for one reason or another. But it doesn't mean that it's because the program is falling apart. No, you don't, you don't return 9 of 11 starters on defense in the SEC if you have a culture problem. Like, that's not going to happen. Those players can go get a bag at Arizona State if they wanted to. I mean, I'm just throwing Arizona State out there. Not, not not throwing shade at Arizona State. I'm just saying there are enough, you know, big-time programs that can throw. You know, Gil Redman didn't leave for a ton of money last year. Like, he didn't get paid. He just wanted to go play for a championship and thought he had a better opportunity at Florida State than he did at South Carolina. That's why right. Gilbert left. You know, he got a little bit of money, and that doesn't hurt. But – Yep, you know that, that is what it is. Now, I mean, you know, you look at um, some other guys that left, like Jaheim Bell, you know, and Jordan Birch. The money was pretty similar. They just wanted to go somewhere else. Yeah, it, that wasn't. Well, I mean, you know, all three of those situations were all int- very interesting in their own in their own right. Um, you know, Jordan, Jordan. I mean. Jordan didn't make his decision. We'll put it that way. No, and he didn't. And and you know, Jaheim did, but it was something that was uh, kind brewing. of like, yeah, it was kind of brewing for multiple reasons. And and Marshawn was planning to come back to South Carolina, and then just literally never showed up and left his roommate hanging. Um, you know, and and that's how these things go sometimes. But uh, you know, y- you the easy thing to say and the here's the other side of that coin right like the easy thing to say when that happens is well we're better off without them well i can tell you right now the gamecocks were not better off without those three players this past season they weren't and they weren't better off without gilbert edmund either so the only thing that you can do but the, the only thing that you can do is consistently as we've talked about around here recruit over everybody and prepare for the worst always that's all you can do and it's not exclusive to south carolina I mean, look at Texas saying it. They just lost the number one recruit in the country. Um, you know, starting quarterbacks of teams that are in the top ten are leaving. They're in the top ten, and they're leaving. And, and think about and JB. Think about Texas A and M specifically. We know they have money. <laughs> we know that they could pay more if they wanted to for some of these players. These players have just said, "I'm out. I'm gone. I'm going to get enough money that I'm I'm out of here." <laughs> and that's yeah. what they're doing. I mean. I never in my wildest dreams would think that Ohio State's starting quarterback would be in the transfer portal right now after the season he had, after you know overcoming everything he did to you know hold on to that job long term, lead him almost to a almost to a perfect season. And just never in my wildest dreams would I think that would happen. I mean, at Oklahoma too. I mean, good, it's nuts. That make, it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense to people who think like us. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like if you were, if you're a college athlete and you commit to a school and you go play at that school and you're the star at that school and you're making money and NIL, like all the things that we talk about, you've got all the things. None of it makes any sense to us, does it? Like no, why, all the things why? that come along with being the star too. I mean, if you're the, I mean, Stephen Garcia had a really good time in college. <laughs> yeah, 
you know, I mean, and I don't, I don't think Steven would have ever left, but you know, some of those guys might have back then. And it, you know, but I, I know, I knew players that were driving pieces of crap when I was at South Carolina and, you know, it used to be, we're going to give you a Ford focus. All right, I'm gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's all it was. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's, it's not that anymore. And Speaking of Steven, you know, he even and I don't think that this is true in every single case, but it's true in a lot of them. Steven tweeted it out the other day, he said the quiet part out loud. Let's just call it what it is. I want more money. So I'm going in the portal. Somebody's going to pay me more. And that's happening everywhere. Uh, and, I'm, and, and this all has come about today because Mario Anderson and I'm not insinuating that that's what Mario Anderson is doing. That's not what I'm doing, but it is happening. It is happening. And there have been some guys who have been rumored to leave this program and all of a sudden have decided to stay. Thankfully, uh, due to you know some NIL deals, um, is that all that it took? I, I don't know if that's all that it took, but it certainly was a part of it for some of them. I mean, it's not hard to figure out. So, um, it's again, it's the world that we live in, and you're going to have to keep recruiting over these guys. and And that's why I said what I said last week about KJ Jefferson. Now, KJ Jefferson, that was all information coming from the side of KJ Jefferson. It what had not been at that point in time reciprocated by the Gamecocks. But I don't care that Lenora Sellers is, is a starting – it's not personal. Like, I want Lenora Sellers to be the starting quarterback in South Carolina. I think he will be. I think he's going to be fantastic. You know, there's enough information on this kid that they're going to be in outstanding hands. But, Mar- I mean, Mario Anderson just got up and left, right? So, like, I don't know. What if Dowell Loggins gets a job back in the NFL and he's like, I can't turn it down because I'm, I'm going to get paid X number of dollars. And Lenora's is like, that's my dude. And I kind of want to be with my dude, so I can't be with him, so I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. Then what do you do? You don't ever know the situation. And that was exactly my point last week. Like People want to argue about that left and right. You see this crap right here? This crap happens, right? Okay? So you have to recruit over everybody on your roster. I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't doesn't matter if it's Joe Montana or Emmett Smith. It doesn't matter who it is. You have got to recruit over them because if you don't, you're left holding your you-know-what in your hands. You're screwed. People don't get it. Like, I don't know why they don't get it. It's not that hard to figure out. It's happening all over the country. Well, it's what we talked about last week when I think I was on the show. I mean, people get you know caught up in NCAA football. This is my guy. No one can be better than him and protect him at all cost type stuff. And, like, Iron sharpens iron, and I mean, you think that we talked about Duke basketball the other day. You think that if they couldn't get an upgrade in the transfer portal, they tell a five star, you know, hey, sorry, man, you're gonna be on the bench this year. Like, right. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do that. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's it's the world we live in now, and you know, you gotta you want what's best for your program. Like, I mean, Gamecock fans talk about all the time with these kids, you know, play for the number on the front of your shirt, not on the back of your shirt. And fans need to do that themselves. You got to pull for the, the name on the front of the shirt first and foremost, and that's exactly I think what you're talking about, JB. Yeah, it just it just is what it is. But um, you know, once again, the portal giveth and taketh, and we're just three days in. Twenty-seven <laughs> more to go. All right, uh, it is uh, time for yeah the the, the uh, guys. Some some of what's being uh, worried about here is that um, is. No, if you graduate, you can transfer and then you transfer again if that's what you want to do. If you graduate, if you're an undergrad, undergrad, you get one, and then uh, you got to go to the waiver process from there, which is what Tez Walker went through at North Carolina. Uh, and uh, of course, that was kind of a you know gibberish type ordeal that was going on. But you got to go to the waiver process in order to transfer a second time as an undergrad. No matter w- what the reasoning is, they have to approve it. 
um, as, as it stands right now. Real quick, Crawford, um, I see that it doesn't seem to give us much time on the transfer portal. Man, short-term memory, he got Spencer Rattler from the transfer portal. <laughs> Good thing. Uh, yeah, I see that a lot. It's like, yeah. yeah, a lot of people like to forget about the fact that, you know, one of the arguably greatest quarterbacks who ever put on the garden in black, you know, just happened to come from the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and to an earlier comment I saw somebody make, it was like, well, yeah, you bring in all these, you know, Beamer guys and then you're just going to get rid of them. Uh, that means he can't evaluate or develop. I was like, that's not necessarily the case either. I, I mean, think about when you were 18, 19 years old. Some guys just don't mature into being able to be college students and cannot find that discipline or drive at that age to be more than what they were on the field as a senior in high school. And you've got to get rid of those guys. <laughs> well, it's yeah. exactly what West did on y'all's show the other day. He saw more talented players fail because they didn't have it between their ears. It wasn't any talent on the field. It was, you know, they got beat up and downtrodden and got in their own thoughts, and then they were done. You can't yeah. coach want to, nor can you evaluate that from a kid at that age anyway. I mean, it's just, it's, it's asinine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into the weeds, all that stuff. Everybody's going to have an opinion on all types of things, especially when things aren't going so well, but, uh, and I, and, and I understand it. I respect that, you know, I, I respect that. Um, uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that there have been a lot of guys that have developed here under this staff. And, and I think there's guys who haven't developed, under this staff. And I think same thing with the previous staff and, and the staff before that, there's a lot of talented guys that are always signed and then don't work out. And then some guys that are signed that end up do really working out. Um, there's a lot of really good players that didn't play like it uh, under Will Muschamp. Um, and then they went on to the NFL and somehow played like it. Same thing with Steve Spurrier. So I think you're going to have examples of that under every single coach. And um, it kind of, that's just the way that that's going to be. But um, all right, final quick timeout of the afternoon. Uh, again, the major news: Mario Anderson is departing as of now the Gamecock football program as a graduate transfer in lieu of uh, greener pastures, so to speak. Good news, though, tonight Gamecocks and Tigers will play in basketball. We will uh, touch on both of that and more when we return. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now and get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. My 
company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. A merry little Christmas Let yourself be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the yuletide gay from now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. The years we all will be together If the fates allow Until then we'll have to muddle through somehow So have yourself a merry little Christmas now Exactly. 19 days away from the big day. 18 days from the big guy. Hopefully not getting stuck in any of your chimneys this holiday season. Merry Christmas from inside the Gamecocks. The show, Matt Anderson, host of the Late Night Gamecock Show, uh, is uh, has been kind enough to stick around with us in an eventful Wednesday afternoon, uh, although it'll all end in about 12 minutes for us, Matt, but we'll continue to kind of monitor things that are going on. Um it's going to be, though, a, a big weekend on the – and J.C. will be back tomorrow, uh, so we l- certainly look forward to having a lot of this conversation with him. He can kind of give us the added details to what the um, what the uh, visit weekend is going to look like. It's a, it's a big one, and, and they're just going to continue to add names as well uh, to um, to – this upcoming Friday through Sunday with a bunch of prospects coming in. I know, and I know pretty much every day they've added one or two guys to it. So a lot of these guys who are departing, um, their, their, their spots could be filled here relatively quickly. Yeah. And make sure you're sticking around to the big spur, um, you know, props to Hale. I think on your show yesterday, I was kind of doing some work and listening to it. Hale said, you know, he's seen somewhat of, of a track record with, 
you know, first visits turning into commitments. So mm -hmm. um, just keep keep your eye on it because I mean, it could be some welcome homes getting sh shot out at random times over the weekend. Yeah, I think you've got so Jaden McGowan will be in this weekend from Vandy, uh, wide receiver. He is definitely on commitment watch for the Gamecocks. Um, you got Kilgore's brother. Yeah, Gerald Kilgore. Yep, he'll be he'll be here. Well, he's actually picked up some some additional offers. Um, a guy who uh, they they like, you know, long term uh, in the in the secondary. That'd be neat to see a couple of brothers playing back there. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Don Cheney Jr., the running back out of Miami, is scheduled to be here this weekend still, as well. But uh, I th I think that we've kind of hinted at this. I, I would. I would caution anybody, you know, over uh, getting too excited about him just yet. Uh, there are some 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 issues that they want to work through from an injury standpoint. Make sure uh, he would be healthy. Um, uh, last night was told that uh, the wide receiver out of La Tech, Cyrus Allen, um, he will be coming in this weekend, I believe. Uh, they've got uh, the tight end out of Harvard will be here this weekend as well. And based on the leadership at that institution, everybody should probably want to transfer out of Harvard. Uh, Tyler Neville is his name. So that's what five or six guys that are already planning to be on campus. Um, and I know that there's some additional names out there that I think Hale will probably try to get into a little bit later on today on the big spur, but it, but it could be a big, a big weekend. And then they've got next week, they've got even more visits that are planned. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be kind of um, um, beginning to fill up some spots. The running back position will be interesting because there are there are some quality names. I, I've already mentioned all those that I'm aware of earlier today. I think we were the first ones yesterday to mention the kid from Oklahoma. Um, I know there's a couple of guys in North Carolina that they're looking at as well, um, and they feel pretty confident about where they are with all of that. But, again, the running back – room I think is going to be fairly fluid for the next couple of weeks yeah and I think you guys had what was it um, Brad Crawford on yesterday and you were talking about December and how tough that month is for um, you know coaches and players and everything but you know I was thinking about this yesterday and you, know, you want these kids in for spring practice so like this is the only time that you can get the paperwork done get them enrolled in classes you know and that a lot of those things happen on these visits you know, when a kid says, yep, I want to come. Okay. Now it's paperwork time. Now it's, you know, let's make sure that you can play here. Let's make sure you have the credits, make sure you can transfer, get you enrolled, get you into spring practice. So that that's why there's this mad push right now. And that's why you see a lot of these guys, you know, don't really drag it out. They kind of got to get their butts in gear because all of a sudden you're moving. You, you know, you got to go and get all your crap from one part of the country to, to Columbia. Right. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and again, it's happening everywhere. Uh, A&M, uh, one of their best defensive linemen, or another one of their top defensive linemen, uh, Walter Nolan's already in. Fadil Diggs is also entering the transfer portal. He's got a year left. He's 6'5", 260 pounds. So he's got a year left to play in college football, and um, and he's now in the portal as well. So A&M getting gutted up front on the defensive side of the football, guys. Uh, but uh, pretty pretty wild stuff here, uh, here early in the week. We always compare South Carolina and Clemson. You know, both programs compare to each other. Clemson's losing guys too. I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not just South Carolina. Clemson probably has more transfers than I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, we'll see what they do in the portal. They they've been reluctant to use it, but they're going to have to use it now. 
at least based on what we've uh, what we've been told that they're going to do. Tonight at uh, eight at Quantrill, I tell you what, let me squeeze this in real quick. Uh, Quantrill asked uh, my thoughts. I appreciate that, wanting to know my thoughts on something. The new minor league ballpark uh, being built in Spartanburg, interesting considering how close it is to Greenville. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't matter. You know, it really doesn't matter. I mean, they're still going to draw their own separate fan bases, and that one's smaller. I, I know that it's smaller than um, – than what they've got over there in Greenville. So I think it's great. I think it's neat. I love minor league baseball uh, being in the state of South Carolina. Um, Charleston really kind of wrote the book for minor league baseball in this state with what they started doing with the River Dogs, you know, about about 25 years ago and how they began to market that that, uh, organization. And um, clearly Columbia and Greenville picked up on it. Myrtle Beach, uh, they've done an outstanding job as well, and I think Spartanburg will fall right in line. So it's a great state for 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 baseball. We all know that. And, um, and a bunch of great towns that can support it. I think it's great. And congratulations to Spartanburg. That's going to be a wonderful ballpark, and I know that they'll be bidding on the Clemson-Carolina game as well in the future, and we'll see if it makes it there. Um, I hope that it does certainly one day. Uh, in North Augusta, hats off to North Augusta. They got a great uh, ballpark over there too. Um, and don't tonight, forget Coastal Plains League too. There, JB, um, Florence yes, Flamingos yeah. are doing big things. I know that they're. I'm good friends with their president. They're going to be making some run at some Gamecocks this summer. So, you know, get out to get around the state and go see the Coastal Plains League. Go see the the minor league teams. You know, support all these guys that are, you know, living in South Carolina. Yep, absolutely. Yep, there's no doubt about that. Um, it's a it's a it's a great baseball state. Um. It uh, tonight at eight o'clock, we've got Clemson and we've got South Carolina in basketball. The Tigers are eight and a half point favorites in this game, guys. It, it's a battle of undefeateds and uh, top thirty in the net rankings. And if Carolina can get a win, it will now be their second quad one victory because Grand Canyon's victory last night over San Diego State slid them up and slid Carolina into that Q1 category after beating them early in the season out in Arizona. So uh, quickly, Matt, some thoughts here, on uh, your, some of your thoughts on the ball game tonight. What are you looking for early and uh, keys to the game for the Gamecocks to pull off the win? Yeah, for me, looking at the game early, I think that, you know, you got to be aggressive. You got to draw fouls. Clemson will re- put some guys on the bench. We were kind of talking about that when Mario Anderson news <laughs> kind of happened. But, um, you know, start out aggressively, you know, go out shooting, run your offense, don't get don't get worried if it's you know eight to two or twelve to three or something like that. Um, Gamecocks proved against Notre Dame they're going to continue to run their stuff. They're going to get good looks. Gamecocks are going to have to shoot the ball well tonight. Um, that's going to be the, the story for the Gamecocks the entire season. Um, and I think you know going back to what we talked about with um, Joe Girard, let, you know blanket that kid. Do not let him going get going from the three point line. PJ Hall is going to get his, um, but the Gamecocks you know have to be aggressive on the boards today too, because Clemson's a pretty good rebounding team and you're going to have to block those, block those guys out. Um, you know, on my show at the end of it, I always do some, some gambling picks here. And if, you know, what you're telling me is true there, JB, I haven't looked at that line. If the Gamecocks are eight and a half point underdogs, I, I'd feel pretty comfortable taking the Gamecocks and the points there. I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all for South Carolina to win this game. What do you think, Phil? I, I like the whole be aggressive mentality. I think, uh, I think, I think it was Derek who you kind of, pointed to it earlier is that this Clemson bench has not really had to play a lot of quality minutes yet. So you want it's still early enough to where that could be a factor. Um, 
yeah, just stay aggressive on the boards. And just this team really like just needs to maintain uh, those roles and and function within them that they've been so successful in doing thus far. And I think good things will continue to happen. Yeah, look, I think they're going to beat them. I do. I think tonight, in honor of Gamecock Jesus, uh, I think South Carolina is going to hit the road and they're going to get it done. They, they've got to shoot it well. They're going to have to hit some threes. I think Derek hit the nail on the head earlier. They're going to probably need double digits uh, from the uh, from three point range. But if they can do that, uh, they they can go up there and turn the lights out on the Tigers at home. I like them. I like them. I like how this team's playing. I like the fact that they came out and struggled against Notre Dame at home. And, and they were trying to get things figured out, and it was a big crowd, and they couldn't shoot it very well because they were trying to knock the rust off. And they said, to hell with this. And then George Washington came in this weekend, and they, they bombed 18 threes. I think they're a confident bunch. I think the Tigers are too, and I think it's a good game. But I'm going I'm to take the Gamecocks in it. I think they'll win it. Couple quick, it. couple quick uh, parting shots too before we get out of here. Uh, another at the same time, if you're a big basketball fan, eight o'clock tonight's your time. Texas and Marquette playing in the Big East Big 12 battle. Marquette's an eight and a half point favorite. This is the Shaka Smart Bowl. I don't know. I just kind of named it that. Uh, but um, if you'd like to keep your eyes on that, uh, AM tonight at nine on the SEC network, they get a crack at DePaul. AM is number 21 in the country. DePaul is just one in six, and one of those six losses were to the Gamecocks. So if you need to see what a uh, fellow and also, John uh, Whittle uh, reporting today here on Monday that uh, Thomas Powell would be departing in the transfer portal from the Carolina baseball program. He mentioned that there's probably another name coming, and that other name has arrived. It is backup catcher Jonathan French. He is going into the portal. He did get 18 starts last year uh, and um, transferred into the program originally from Clemson, where he played for Monty Lee. Uh, so South Carolina uh, losing one of its backup catchers in addition to a freshman outfielder. All right, Matt, thank you so much, man. Hope you had a good time today. Yeah, man, always fun. A quick shout-out, too. Don't forget, BJ Mackey's on the staff at Wake Forest. They got a big game against Rutgers. Uh, later tonight, and um, and Rutgers probably going to get some good news today with Dylan Harper, the number two kid in the country, committed to him. And the wow. Rutgers basketball will have the second and the third rated players in the country Ooh. in the recruiting class next year. Wow! Wow! That's <laughs> holy smokes! Yep, that's a stat. We got the backyard brawl tonight as well of hoops on ESPN two, Pittsburgh and West Virginia. Those two teams do not like each other. Uh, so good, good little night of college basketball. Thanks to Derek Scott and David Cloninger for joining us earlier. Continue to monitor thebigspur.com for all your Gamecock news and updates today. Mario Anderson, of course, the latest to enter the portal for Carolina football. JC will be back tomorrow. We will recap that then in addition to Carolina basketball this evening. Uh, for Matt and Phil, I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.